hoping this week to prove that the old adage, better late than never, is, is right. Welcome to Hand of Pod. was because somebody who's going to remain unnamed uh, turned up almost an hour late to this recording. I, I don't think we need to shame them by mentioning who it was. Um, so anyway, I'm Sam Kelly and I'm here with English Dan. And I'd like to say that we're not, this person will rena- remain nameless, but it wasn't me who turned up an hour late to Joel's house. No. Um, as, as but he's nameless. It wasn't him and we are in Joel's house. Uh, Joel's here as well. Hello. Welcome back, Joel. And I, I was here... All, all, I didn't get back to my place late from work or anything like that. No. Anyway, without further ado, uh, we, we've got a season to review. Kind of, almost, a whole season to review. There are a couple of little bits left which we're going to talk about the varying meaningfulness and or lack thereof later on. Uh, but first of all, weekend just gone. Where do we start, guys? Dan, you've got to start with the first Racing. game, right? Yeah. Uh, so first game of the weekend, Racing, 3-0 win against Union, meaning they picked up a third consecutive win after mm-hmm. struggling the entire Tonel final. They didn't manage two in a row until, until the last game against Old Boys, yeah. yeah. Uh, so tell us, Dan, how was, how was El Cilindro? You were enjoying the football and it was very much just all focused on, on the game in front of you, really, wasn't it? From what more you? or less, more than less. Let's, let's start by talking about the game a little bit because it was one of the better games that Racing have played all season. Although, you know, for a team that's just been criticised mercilessly all year, they've finished sixth in the league, 4-5 overall for 2012-13, so it's not all bad. It was another game where the, um, the kids, the pibes, came, came good. We had uh, Luciano Vieto scoring the first goal with a delightful Paninka penalty, which just chipped straight down the middle. Having had to retake it as well. Having had to retake it, yeah. That was, I thought it was, when, was going over from, from my vantage point up in the... Up in the Popular, it looked like it was going to fly over, and then it just sort of dropped like a stone. Beautiful. And then two smashing goals to follow that. Mm. One from uh, Diego Vichardo, a blinding right foot volley from about 25 metres outside. And then Ricardo Cinturion scored his first goal since coming back from, let's say, injury or the operation because he was never actually injured. With another, with a lovely first time finish from outside the box as well. So it was a very nice way, 3-0 against Union to finish the season. But, yeah, the real talking points from that game came in the stands because I don't know if any of our, our listeners or fans of Argentine football would have been aware of this, but a certain Navashanida rival, Independiente, went down to the Binacional for the first time in their history. They did, uh, last weekend. Yes, we last weekend with that defeat against San Lorenzo. And Racing took the opportunity to just come up with... A, Brilliant, brilliant wake for it, Yeah, with a fair amount of collusion from the directors, it must be said, uh, just before... Knocking well, all at the stadium lights out the second and a half time. Uh, yeah, that was, that was brilliant. And just before... That much on scene, yeah. and then we missed the rest. And just before kick-off, as the players were running out, the whole stadium was engulfed with, um, with black smoke. There's videos out on YouTube actually showing people going around lighting them, and there was tens and tens of them. And also the, the Guardia Imperial, the... Um, the Inchar came in with two coffins. One of them had a person inside. 
getting uh, read independiente, independiente shirt. And yeah, it just went on like that. It was all very much, very, very good natured, like, you know, for a funeral, uh, singing all sorts of stuff. And there was the song we introduced to the, the British public the other day, Americos Oitevas. That got played about seven times over the course did, of the day. Did he turn up to perform? He didn't turn up, no. That was the only, the only black mark on the day. But no, it was just great fun. Like, I'm not going to go into massive detail, but hopefully I can cajole Sam into putting a couple of YouTube videos up of the celebrations and you'll just see kind of how mental it was. If, but if you send me the links down, I will put them up on the handle. Excellent. Hotline. And I think it was also the biggest attendance of the, the season for me as well, which sort of tells you how much wrestling fans were looking forward to it. There was 40,000 people in. It says quite a lot about, you know, what the support was. What gets them going though, doesn't it? The, the biggest game was the biggest attendance was the one when they basically just had a, had a laugh at the other other team going down. Yeah, there was but I think really there's there's kind of a different historical reason for Racing. Like they've had 30 years of independiente fans, exactly 30 years, funny enough, yeah. or 29 and a half, let's say, because Racing went down in December. But yeah, 30 years of you know being the butt of Independiente's jokes because they they sent Racing down to the Benesio. Was it the B Nacional? The, the B Primera Bay at the time. Let's say, yeah. The B, anyway. In 1983, in the same year, they, they finished champions. And that had been, they had just been kind of like a millstone around every wrestling fan's neck, no matter what they achieved. Like, independent fans could just point to that, the fact they'd never gone down. And now there's just a weight that's been lifted off. I think it was more that than anything. Further, no. further to what Joe was saying, though, there were some reasonably sort of elderly Racing fans being interviewed on television pretty much who were saying it was the happiest day of their lives. When you know <laughs> They were clearly old enough to have seen Racing at least win a couple of league titles, possibly mm. win the Libertadores, <laughs> possibly the World Club Cup. I heard as well, yeah, I saw a couple of interviews on that, in that vein, I think. Someone who was asked kind of how does it compare with um, the championship winner of 2001, which was the first championship in 45 years and said well that one was just like a massive relief like no one could quite believe it and this on the other hand is just a chance to party and really enjoy every minute <laughs> yeah I think that basically sums it up anyway um, the team on the receiving end of all of this piss taking Independiente managed a 1-1 draw away to Colón which I don't think we've really got much to say about have we guys? no not really well they don't even have anything to say about it I'm clicking on their feature <laughs> And uh, the starting 11s and the scores aren't coming up. They've, so, already, yeah. they've already stopped existing. Clearly they have. Uh, there were a couple of other decent games. On the Saturday particularly, um, Tigre-Quilmes finished 3-2 to, uh, to Quilmes. Um, Five-goal thriller, Alejandro Donati and two other, uh, Gaston Diaz scoring for Tigre and Sebastián Romero. Um, I think Caterruccio and Miguel Caneo scoring for Quilmes. Cateru- two at half yeah. time. Now. Cateruccio, who... Is supposedly already on his way to San Lorenzo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is you know I'm sure Mariano will be happy with that. He's one one of the best forwards. He's up there definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. He, he was one of the players that was the seemed to be moving at the beginning yeah. of the season as well. Um, there was talk of maybe even Boca going on. So I mean he's um, he's done really well to, to help Kilmer stay yeah. up. So as is everyone at the club actually, and this is yeah. something pretty important. I think uh, yeah. it was strange that did Felipe. The coach um, didn't stay on, but again, I think he's just—he's got—he's getting a really good track record. I mean, you know, no, not particularly high profile, but he's doing—he's got some great results. Yeah, he's in some projects over sort of eighteen months, two-year yeah. period. Is um, it the new Caruso, perhaps? Like working, I, you know, saving people from relegation. 
I just think that's so harsh because he's such a nice guy. No, I'm that. just asking. But, um, but the interesting thing about uh, him leaving is that Nelson Vivas, who I'm sure many people oh, in the UK, yeah, in England, and in London remember him from from playing at Arsenal. He's just taken his first coaching job. He, he was Cholo Simeone's number two for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, and I see. Yeah, Kilmes old boy then. Yeah, exactly. He started oh, his career at Kilmes and ended his career at Kilmes. I did not know that. Yeah, there we go. But he also played for Argentina World Cup. Uh, yeah, played, for both, played for both River and Boca during his career. Naughty. Um, yeah, that's in fact quite a few people. But really, it's it's the kind of end of this spell. We mentioned at the start of the season, we were asking whether Kilmes would be able to sort of end this uh, run that they've had for what seems like a lot of the last decade of being a bit of a yo-yo club. Um, they've not been quite as bad as Olimpo, who, as we know, have just come back up for next season. Um, but they've managed. They're going to be in the in the Premier for a second straight season for the first time in about twelve or thirteen years or something. Mm. I think it is. So this um, is two straight seasons, right? Where none of the none of the promoted teams have gone down. Yes, I think it would be. Yeah, because last season we had two San Martín, Union, Rafaela, and All Boys. I want to say All Boys. No, All Boys been up. No, no, um, no I think it was San San Martín, Union, Rafaela. No, there was Belgrano. Belgrano, of course, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, so that's, yeah. And we've always, you know, we've said it time and time and time again how hard it is for newly promoted clubs to stay up, you know, first Mm. season. But apparently they're proving us wrong. Well, River are top of the Promedios now. They will be at the start of next season, yeah, Yeah. they're right. Actually, hang on, they might be at the start. Belgrano will be out there as well, right? Uh, yeah, Bel- yeah Belgrano are about 6th or 7th River at the moment a second to Bellis but once 10-11 I, I mean basically from the start of next season yeah, as of the end of this one with, with the relegated side still in it and 10-11 still on the table that Ole have got their uh, River a second but yeah they'll be quite comfortably top well that's something we could just confirm as well for our, um, for our listeners talking about River and Belgrano two of the teams that are going to be involved the Copa Sudamericana and uh, Chavez yes, ties. the uh, one is going to be River against Racing yes. Belgrano first leg in Monumental no first leg in Belgrano play Lanús um, with the first leg of that being in Cordoba and the other one is going to be San Lorenzo against the winners of Venice. this ridiculous <laughs> super final that we're going to be talking about in a, in a short while between Venice and the Old Boys uh, other matches at the weekend that are worth mentioning there's only really one I think uh, well, maybe a, a three. There, there were three played at the same time on Sunday. Um, the result of one of them was was enough uh, to send the losing side down. Basically, um, Newell's uh, clearly have been partying a bit too hard for the previous four days. They lost to Argentinos Juniors one 0 Pablo Hernandez got a late winner uh, to leave Carlos able to take the credit, even though even had Argentinos lost, they would have stayed up anyway because River Plate beat San Martín de San Juan three one. Uh, impressive performance kept up an unbeaten home record to the end of the torneo final and also rendered um, Vélez Sarsfield's 2-1 win over Atletico Rafaela academic had San Martín and Argentinos both won that result would have relegated uh, Rafaela as it is Rafaela is safe um, so River San Martín oh, uh, most of those were after the final whistle ah, that's um, right. the reason that there were four red cards after the final whistle all for San Martín um, was sorry there were three after the final whistle and one during the second half of that. no um, four no, no, there's, no. There, no there's one during the game one during the game one two three five six seven no but they've got this because Itorbe didn't actually get sent off that's been so I'm not sure what they've done there anyway Juan Manuel Itorbe towards the end of the game well right at the end of the game at 18 90th minute or something um, it was running down the right wing and I've still not seen a kind of properly zoomed in picture but he sort of waves his arm or something whilst running with the ball it was after he scored a really good goal it to, was. To, to consummate 
San Martin's relegation and he just um, he was a couple of players went for him but he kind of walked off nothing too much happened but he kind of raised his arms as in to get the, the crowd going San Martin took exception to this saying that he was rubbing uh, their faces in it having having effectively relegated them and uh, and it was, it was quite a big fight it was a scrap basically stoppage time didn't get played it happened no. pretty much on 90 minutes and there yeah. were 3 minutes of stoppage time indicated and the ref was unable to play them he, he had a police escort off the pitch yeah um, it, was, it was a big fight everyone was involved back, yeah. back rooms there, there was a picture of, I think says one of says pitch side cameras or one of the TV public pitch side cameras grabbed hold of him and, and sort of said what, what's going on what, you know, what yeah probably <laughs> but I, I can't remember whether I saw it on Pass or yeah. on, on, on the TV public um, and, and, and he was sort of going I don't know I, I, I've not done anything they're just they just went for me it's crazy and then they grabbed one of the other guys I can't remember which San Martin player as he was walking off the pitch Christian, Christian Alvarez amazing interview yeah. he didn't say anything about the question he just said I'm, I'm going after it already <laughs> <laughs> that's all he said and he's one it of the guys who didn't it but actually <laughs> yeah. I wonder I mean on the one hand fair enough you know, they've just relegated this side but I do wonder whether Itorbe was he's leaving River Plate yeah. he's always said he really enjoyed being there he wanted to stay longer it's not going to happen it's like 99% not happening and I just wonder whether he, he himself. I just got this feeling that he wasn't—he wasn't looking at San Martin. I don't think he was. I just think he was wanting to enjoy yeah. it, and he wanted to get that that feeling yeah. of the monumental yeah. just as him leaving. And what, what he claimed afterwards was was exactly that. He, he said, I, "I'm just—I was trying to enjoy my last couple of moments as a River Plate player." That was yeah, all. Yeah, I mean, that's not. I think so. Like, it was the way fans the pitch on the in the stands that he could have been gesturing towards them. Some some of the other stuff he's done in his time not only at River does suggest to me that he might be stupid enough to have done it without actually thinking about how it was going to be taken by the other team but, no, but that's exactly it so was he doing it on purpose or is it just um, insensitive yeah I, I mean, mean because that's yeah. the thing Tim, call, 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 it pods, call it hand of pods rampant pro River plate bias but I'm going I'm leaning towards stupid but when I but saw it I really, I really didn't think it was it was winding up uh, San Martin but I mean you know obviously San Martin I mean San Martin were already um, well, in the first instant, when I can't remember the, the defender's name, but he was sent off um, for a very clear foul on, on Lanzini. Oh, this came was, just after. Um, let me see. This came just after they had a penalty, a decent penalty shot turned yeah. down. Damian penalty, but Damian Ledesma. Ledesma, exactly. Um, but it was just after they felt they should have had a penalty, which, as it turns out, looked like it could have been. Wasn't. It's just one of those one of those decisions that's difficult to see. Um, wasn't the best of refereeing. From I believe it was Delfino. It was Delfino. But, um, but as I said, from that point on, some team were already, I mean, just ready to kick off. So, so maybe it was yeah. just you know, this is one of those things that um, that didn't exactly help. And for the uh, sake of clarity, we'll just state that the other three who were sent off after full time were Federico Poggi, Jorge Luna, and Lucas. Oh, sorry, Lucas Landa and Gaston Caprari. Um, were all sent off and the reason that it looks like seven as Dan said earlier is that they've actually put Gaston Caprari's name down three times for uh-huh. some reason <laughs> maybe you've shown three red cards or the ref written him up for a 12 match ban or something who knows uh, we'll find out at the, end, at the beginning of next season I guess uh, one other point that I've got to mention well, just, just to add when, um, yeah. when River scored the second the house was shaking oh yeah, yeah. right here yeah. Uh, one other thing I, we forgot to mention about Racing Union did anybody notice the referee in that game Young gentleman called Hector, ah, it's Hector Paleta, Gabriel's older brother. brother. Yeah. In case you're a Liverpool fan, there you go. He made his ref- uh, first official right, refereeing yeah. debut, and he got and he went right into the um, right into the headlines as well for how he how he handled um, the start of the game because the kickoff was 
delayed about eight, nine minutes. Oh, you're right, yeah, yeah. Uh, Fagundo Sauber was going mental, like, when's this, when are we going to start? Like, what's going on? And he just basically turned around, like, say, like, I'm done. And he did an interview afterwards, which is brilliant. So, but I just thought, like, what's the point in rushing? Like, neither of these teams have got to play for anything. They're not playing for relegation, promotion. Like, so I thought, yeah, just let them have their fun and do that. Like, completely laid back, debuting. Um, well, it as very, very, very similar. It'll be another three months before we see him refereeing another match, probably. Yeah. Very similar attitude to defending someone said it's brothers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just, yeah, I let it go. You know, that's fine. I don't want to spoil any parties. Um, Arsenal ended the season on a high, beating all boys 4 0. Okay, I'll be able to spoil your thoughts. There was a ridiculous yeah. goal in, in that game. There was. Do you um, remember which one it was gone? It was a Carbonero. It was Carbonero who scored the third. Uh, just the first time volley dropping volley or half volley or whatever but straight up into the far corner no, it's uh, and Martina Prole I thought his was very well taken as well set up by mm. there a very deep crossover at already 3-0 up and he smart hit as he was coming in at the far post San Lorenzo and Lanús played out probably the weekend's best match 2-2 two, two draw in Boedo um, Lanús were 2-0 up at half time Silvio Romero and Ismael Blanco again it's been shit all season now he's scored three in his last two games if we don't count the second half against the Antis match in midweek that's one thing that we could say about the Cologne match because I'm not sure I haven't seen the, um, the result uh, mm-hmm. the table that goal for Giuliotti does it make him top scorer this year over his Coco uh, no 11 aren't they? I think they're 11 I yeah. thought that put him up to 12 in Ole they're both on 11 I saw it I had a look just earlier um and, and Skoko's yeah you're quite right Skoko by being yeah. anyway, a title winner yeah. has been given the it's just that everyone's, everyone seems to have forgotten about Sim Guilty I think it's based on assists or is it on how many pe- it is in other countries anyway in Argentina they'd probably do it yeah. or maybe they discount I mean, average assists over the past four years yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah um and then two very good goals, one from Ignacio Piatti and one from Angel Correa uh, to tie it up in the second half for San Lorenzo. And then we ended, of course, the Argentinos win over Newell's. Uh, as we say, didn't actually rescue Argentinos in spite of Carlos Lombardi probably wanted to take the credit for it because River had already done that by beating San Martin. Um, what it did do was leave Boca Juniors needing to avoid defeat in order to not finish bottom. And unfortunately... They avoided defeat. They got a 1-1 draw away to Godoy I don't think this is one of the conspiracy theories that no one really mentioned, but I'm just going to throw it out because they're Exactly. It was so against Godoy Cruz, against Palermo. Boca, obviously, legend. Don't, don't need to go into what Palermo means at Boca. You did just kind of think, you know, you just, you just wonder. You just wonder yeah. if, uh, you know, he yeah. didn't, didn't want to see his old club. I'm not insinuating anything, obviously, but maybe he just didn't want to see his old club uh, um, finish bottom. That said, Orion was spectacular. Yeah. Um, yeah, really Orion was the man of the match. Uh, as as th- in fact, we should say Barovero for a lot of River fans was man of the match against San Martin. Yeah. Um, and I think Orion probably <laughs> overshadowed him to a slightly greater degree. But and we should say he's the most amount of well, saves by any goalkeeper all season. Oh, really? According yeah. to Data Football Arge, one of our favourite Twitter accounts who you should be following is Data uh, Foot. If you're Arch. listening to this, you really should be because it's sensational. Yeah. Uh, that leaves Boca 19th on 18 points they've won 3 drawn 9 and lost 7 their uh, worst ever season in short tournaments yes yeah. yeah yeah. it is it's, it's the worst uh, the worst 6 month spell in their domestic history basically uh, quite an exodus as well that started oh, yeah, yeah Clemente's already up well, so this is now where we can move seamlessly into the next section of the pod, which is, of course, what happens for a, a lot of these teams now. I mean, Union, the relegated sides of Union Independiente, we mentioned last week, are going to have a, a big exodus of players. Uh, San Martin, you'd have to assume. Well, they've already had it. They've let go yeah. of well, 13 There was a great piece in, in La Nación uh, talking about this, and they said, I mean, 
Um, Independiente are getting rid of 13. Estudiantes are going to get rid of 20. Um, Boca and River both about 13 or so. Mm. Uh, San Lorenzo, 10. Uh, I think Lanús basically one of the clubs that aren't yeah. kind of clearing out. Yeah, a lot of, obviously, a lot of the more, uh, the sides particularly the ones who've done relatively well over this season, and uh, the Donnell final in particular, uh, the, the players they're letting go are players you've probably never heard of, even if you listen to other podcasts. Let's say, one of Yes, fair enough. Which he's been shot. Did you not see um, San Martin's goal? But given the number of injuries they've had, we don't even need to go back over the whole season. Just look at San Martin's goal. <laughs> Watch it back and, and look where uh, Gonzalo Pires, he's had a nightmare oh, okay. season. Okay. Giving away penalties, terrible position. And I find um, it's strange because he was Argentina under 20. He was well, in the. Well, I think he's had a poor season, but so Sirigliano. They're not letting him yeah. go on a free. It's funny, you know, it's really interesting. I mean, with them, um, because obviously the main one that uh, Rivers happened is that Trezeguet is not involved yeah, included in, in, in the preseason. Um, in the preseason squad, could be going to Platense. I think he's had an offer from Banfield. Uh, Banfield, yeah, right. Right. So, someone in Primera as well, Kilmes also, or somebody oh, yeah, right. else, uh, apparently also done. It'd be but, amazing but to see him in the mid to break down. That'd be sensational. Fantastic. But the thing is, it's strange. And of course, if he does go back to Platense, as well, we should clarify that, that they were the club he started out with when he was like 16, 17 years old, which is why they've offered yeah. this, this place. <laughs> but he, um, but, but Ramon Diaz, if, if it had been someone else who got rid of, of Trezeguet everyone would be going nuts and exactly the same thing with the with the young players with, with Sidigliano who was excellent when he came when he came into the first team and and you're right I think to an extent I think Gonzalo Fides I don't think the supporters uh, that, that keen on him but I mean um, but you're right he hasn't, <coughs> hasn't developed and it's just because it's Ramon Diaz that basically it's not a massive uh, problem if it was any other coach it would be well, uh, a massive issue according to uh, one or two of the, the River Plate journalists who I follow on Twitter it's because it's Ramon Diaz that he's being let go there was a bit of a clash of egos between them uh, with, with the Tres yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and of course with him being injured for such an awful lot of the time it, yeah. it makes it a bit easier I guess for them to sell it as well um, when they need to uh, but as we, we started off this by mentioning the, the exodus from, from Boca Juniors and then I very quickly managed to flip the subject onto all the other teams so let's go back to Boca Clemente's been told that he's, he's going hasn't he? No, Clemente Ruiz yeah, is, is gone yeah. he's, 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 he's out of South Paulo leaving he's been Sanchez. insisting that it was nothing to do with personal spat with Raquel May or anything like that that he okay yeah I don't go on with Raquel May but that's not the reason I'm going uh, who else? Well, this is this is um, Santiago uh, Silva. I think he's, already yeah. he, he's definitely going. He's a possible San Lorenzo on River target. River, yeah, I've heard. Should be interesting. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean they were talking about well, one possible, possible swap between between Morda and and Silva, but I mean that's just not happening. Somos is out. Lautaro Acosta is out. Ustario Orion, one of the two is going. Ustario is going. I think Orion is definitely staying. Somos, um, Somoso, um, Colasso and Paredes apparently are on sale, and this is where I want to have a bit of a rant, which is that Sanchez Mino has been, has, I don't know if he's gone, but um, a couple of days ago it came out that he was putting pressure on Boca to sell him to Metalist in the Ukraine. Now, oh, no, come on. Christian Erbes, Christian Erbes, number five, holding midfielder for Boca, turned down a, a move to Russia at the beginning of the season, saying that I don't want to go to the second tier really in European football mm. just for the money I'd rather be playing either at Boca or I want to go to uh, a bigger club and Sanchez Mignon I think we all probably agree is the kind of player who could definitely play it in definitely in Portugal most probably in Spain yeah even in, in England I'm sure he'd do very well but you know go to or, or France as well I mean but going to the Ukraine you just think 
No, what, people what don't see on? you there. People don't see you. Players, I mean, basically, it's, you know, the quality is just not the same there. He's not going to progress. He's not actually that young either, Sanchez Menus. I think he's 23. He thinks 23, yeah. So, so I mean, you, on the one hand, you understand he wants to make his money, but you also think going to any deal that takes him to France or to Spain or to Portugal mm. is going to be quite a it's bit of cash for him anyway. Oh, yeah. He'll be all right. Yeah. So, comparison with what, he, what he's able to earn anywhere in Argentina, yeah, exactly. He'll be able to set himself up for his post-football career. Uh, as well. uh, you just wonder. I mean, I thought I was convinced that he'd, he'd have a, a decent shout if he if he played his cards right for for the national team for, oh, for 2014 yeah. because there, there aren't any. I players mean, the left there. side is yeah, yeah. It's yeah. absolutely. And you think if he goes to the Ukraine this season, it's basically saying I don't want to I don't want to play for Argentina. Yeah. One of the uh, points is that Ole have actually I've just checked the Boca Juniors. Um, Page while he's been saying this, Jordan, and they've put together an 11, uh, as they put it, sustained by a 4 4 3, uh, 4 3 3, sorry, 4 uh, 4 3 would be outside the normal rules of football, um, of, of the names that, that Boca are letting go. So you can put together a first 11 of Oscar Ustari, Sose, Selai, Burdiso, Clemente, Albin, Somosa, and Elviti, which is a slightly unusual midfield given that Albin's a right back, but anyway, um, and Acosta, Silva, and Beatri. Beatri, that's, that's right. He's, he's uh, got offers as well. Apparently. Yeah, exactly. Um, and and the Albin one, I find funny as well because I thought he, you know, Uruguay yeah. under twenty. Is not, it, young, I thought yeah. it was really good. I should say not quite as bizarre as one of the ones that's being talked about now, which is that today it's been been reported this afternoon on the, uh, on, the on the sports <laughs> news shows that Ramon Diaz has had to go to Rivers' boardroom and ask Daniel Passarella to try and make sure that Le- uh, that Bangioni doesn't go. He's only been with them for six months, and they've tried to sign bloody Savulio. And to, it was also well, a left back. Uh, also mentioning mention Morban. Thing is, yeah. we were talking about this earlier. Uh, for but, me, but Ben Chun is more of a left mid mm. than well, sure, so yeah. fit. I mean, with, with playing a back three yeah. is perfect. He was playing at one point uh, inside right for River and against San Martin. He, he scored River's opening goal fairly early on, and I've got nice no point. idea what he was doing in that part of the pitch. Yeah. I mean, it was a very well taken goal. But what the bloody hell was he in the penalty box for yeah. when that went in? Ridiculous, um, and on the completely the wrong side of the penalty box as well. But anyway, no, uh, Vangioni for me has been one of the one of the best signings that any any side's made uh, during the Donnell final. He's really improved. He'll as probably well be kicking himself slightly for leaving Newell's now that they've won the title. Yeah. But uh, still, I, I don't think so. I think for the same reason, essentially, Mino was ambitious and on a personal level. Yeah. I think he uh, Vangioni has definitely yeah. become better known by sure. being at River Plate. Even know. though as you're right, it's not silverware, but. Agreed. Right, other players who are on their way from their clubs, can we remember any? Or Piatti, Piatti is Boys, which is the main change. Oh, we have to wait. He's been talked about as the next manager of who now in the Premier Really? Uh, Cologne, maybe? Yes, Cologne was one, and he's been mentioned for a couple of years. Definitely been mentioned yeah. with Cologne as well. Yeah. Um, so, I, but. Um, so, Falcioni. Well, you'll say that, Falcioni. Falcioni, Falcioni is, came in. in Santi Weeks was right. Santi Leakes was, was right, yeah. but um, we, but we, need, we need to mention. We, about surely we need to mention the um, the jacket that Falcioni was wearing. I've been. Did you see, did you see the shoulders? No. It looks like shoulder pads. <laughs> Broad, strong, is this, is firm this? shoulders. Oh really? It was, yeah, no, absolutely. It was. Uh, it, uh, a friend, I think, tried to set up a, a trending topic because yeah. of um, because of how, how controversial they were. <laughs> but I think he'll do well at all boys. He's. Uh, it was a bit. There was a big scandal yesterday in the press conference that they wouldn't let him. Uh, they wouldn't. He wouldn't ask, answer any questions about Boca, and mm. uh, there was a big, big fuss between the journalists there. But um, but I mean, I think he's a he's a good coach. 
There are one or two well. whispers of, of Santiago Silva going to all boys to reunite with him as well, which would be interesting. Well, and Vita as well. You, you can sort of see certainly Silva Javier fitting Rodriguez well, into, back as well into all boys' philosophy. Javier, in a voice. James Rodriguez, he was back, wasn't he? Yeah. But under Fasione. With Silva. Of course, yeah. Right, sorry, yeah. Silva uh, Fernandes as well. So short term, you're not no. remembering the golden age of Bamford in 2009. Yeah, no, it wasn't that long ago. You're right, yeah. Um, anyway, there we go. Yeah. Uh, one of the main uh, things we've got at Cruz, I guess, is going to be whether, well, Torrico's going to stay, uh, but they're really they. Uh, so Nelson Iban, no, not Nelson, yes, Nelson Iban, yes, he moved to San Lorenzo, they need to replace him in goal. Um, what? Torrico? Yes, exactly. Yeah. So it's whether they decide they need a, a replacement or whether they think that Torrico's done well enough, which I think he definitely has done. Yeah, I mean he's very good keeper. No doubt about it. Um, any other players? Just, just look, I'm trying to look down. I think the, we're frassing a list of clubs yeah. in the Premier and work out whether there are any. Oh, right, Estudiantes have got this one guy who today or yesterday has confirmed to the uh, manager to uh, Pellegrino whose name, first name I've forgotten Mauricio Mauricio thank you uh, so in one, one player has confirmed to Mauricio Pellegrino that he's going to be back in um, for pre-season Verón. and the, the man in question is some kid called Veron who never heard of no is, is that shows possibly some he's announced that he's going to be there and present for the Brilliant. first day of pre-season training Brilliant. Love it. Um, this could turn into a Boca and Riquelme situation where we begin to regret that it's even happened but anyway. nah, uh, Brun won't uh, uh, allow that hopefully it won't just well, he has already just retired. he's been retired for the last what, year and a half now yeah. but he's been playing yeah yeah because yeah, he stayed on for another six months didn't he last. but he's been uh, playing oh you're right of course yeah the La Plata he's been playing yeah yeah, yeah. Just as high level as the Premier. That's fitness, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah. It's a, yes. I, I don't think it's Warren has to worry it? about his touch. <laughs> you know, I mean, you, us three perhaps would have would be concerned well, about eighteen, 18 yeah, months without right. playing football, but but it's, it's fitness. That's all he needs. Plus, th- there is a big difference with him and Rakami is that he's not such. Uh, the kind of player that they look to, to change games and to, mm. and to score goals. No, he's important no, sure. in the middle. Of course, he is, I mean, and he, he would transform Estudiantes without any doubt. But you wouldn't look at Veron and sort of say, you know, we're not winning because of you. Yeah. Whereas at Boca, that's exactly what's happened. They're saying, oh, they're not scoring goals, and it's Raquel's fault. The thing, which the thing that I wonder with the Veron thing, which is ridiculous in itself, but is the way that you know these arguments happen. The thing that I wonder with the Veron thing, as we mentioned, I think last time you you were on, you mentioned it, Joel, that Estudiantes games, even when they're not playing well, are rarely sort of. Partidasos, they're really great matches. Mm. Um, but they have had a definite upturn in form since this talk about Veron maybe coming back. <laughs> this is if all of the young people. This guy's just so incredible. No, this is embarrassing. We're going to be replaced by a 40 year old next season. Let's start <laughs> playing. And suddenly now, you know, just as you might have started to wonder, well, Norris Studiantes is actually going to want him or need him back next year. Uh, it's confirmed once and for all that he is definitely going to be at least in pre-season if not actually for um, in the first team squad next season the team I'm going to be really interested in for the pre-season is Vélez mm. actually because they've gone from 1st to 14th and yeah of course you can make the excuse oh they had Copa Libertadores they had this they had that but, but still they've gone out of it yeah it's a massive drop like yeah. I'm guessing Garica's going to stay but there's got to be changes there right I know a lot of Vélez supporters who have for a while been saying that Gareca should leave yeah I've heard yeah yeah. Yeah. yeah they say it's times you know el ciclo se cumplió it's just it's just uh, lost yeah. the it's like, it's just like chewing gum that's lost its flavour yeah, yeah you know it's all good but it's just not it's just the the magic's gone mm-hmm. um, but obviously for him you know it's 
not winning a Libertadores is is going to it's a sticking point right, yeah. absolutely so I mean it's, it's tricky so I mean if they, maybe if they win the this brilliant Super Cup um, tie then um, he'll stay on but I mean I don't know, I get the feeling that if they don't mm. yeah then maybe they're, but then again yeah because after a 14th they're not particularly likely to enter the Libertadores next year well, unless they're yeah. champions yeah, exactly. or second yeah. well no they're, yeah exactly um, we now we've been recording for about 25 minutes or, or 30-ish minutes so I'm going to play some music and then uh, as a sort of break between uh, the weekend that we've talked about and, and the sort of potential ins and outs and then we're just going to have a more general review of the Donnell final as a whole teams who have overachieved teams who have underachieved individuals who are over and underachieved and so on uh, best goals best matches if we can remember all of that kind of stuff uh, so don't go away champions we kind of talked about really? this last week because they were already the champions on recorded yes. last week on Thursday um, but we should probably it bears repetition 19 games played 12 wins 5 defeats uh, but only 2 draws 40 goals scored and 21 conceded thanks to uh, Argentinos 1-0 win on yeah, I was going to say like, just watching Newell's this season it's a travesty that A they didn't manage to get 40 points and B that River are within 3 points for the relative yeah talents of the team that Definitely. it should be 10 12 yeah. points yeah. Yeah. Um, and top scorers since as it happens uh, River Plate top scoring champions since River Plate in 2004 who got 41 yeah. but funnily enough with one of the lowest points total yes only 38 points because they, they, they lost two, two, of three players, two or three players well they scored players. four against yeah. that scene they scored five well no, yeah, exactly. three let's say exactly. it wasn't a fraction five against Union. no I think no no I think that's fine no, 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 four three is not a fraction of course yeah. not, but, uh, <laughs> they, 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 but they put four past Bocca's reserves for instance but yeah yeah uh, they, 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 what was they Union, showed, was it five nil five nil five nil against Bocca they have some big results but no it's more than anything it's because they lost instead of drawing matches yeah as we'll see a bit later on that top three at least in terms of positions uh, if not the actual points totals is pretty close to what Mystic Sam predicted throughout the season um, Congratulations. but Mystic Sam predicted both Newells and River going uh, unbeaten <laughs> not that there's any bias inherent there uh, but funnily enough it was actually closer to being true in River's case I mean, especially in Lanus's case although I didn't predict Lanus to go unbeaten um, than it was in Newells it's the first time since the 97 Clausura which I think was won by River who lost two games and the runners-up were Boca who only lost one um, it's the first time since then that the team in second have lost fewer matches than the team in first well, what is it but they say in the Premiership like if you if you want to be champion you've got to lose five games or less and yeah. Newell's did that in half the time <laughs> This, so but it's exactly ten. what you're saying is that they also there's a massive gap well, massive yeah. gap in quality between Newell's and River Plate and there is the difference oh, the River Plate drew, yeah. drew a lot of games couldn't finish off games couldn't score yeah. weren't better than their opponents yeah. and, and whereas Newell's were so I mean it's precisely um, the, the defensive um, performances were fairly similar in fact uh, Newell's uh, conceded 21 River conceded 22 River got 10 wins, 5 draws and 4 defeats, one of which of course was that 5-1 against Lanus uh, just in the penultimate round, which, which accounts for quite a lot of River's goals conceded until that point, they had one of the better defences in the league 
San Lorenzo as well one of the best goal defenses in the league they're very they've done very, very tight well, they've done very well this year mm. yeah. and I, I knew it was going to happen when Pizzi came in you remember when Pizzi came in they were fighting absolutely two for now against relegation yeah, yeah. yeah. and he just completely transformed that team after um, yeah no fair play to him because I remember we were talking about it and sort of saying you know what happened there because with Centrale his they basically fell out of the. They just ran out of steam, didn't they? Yeah, Absolutely yeah, but you know, the questions were there. It's like, well, was it motivational? Yeah. Was it what was the what was the issue there? Yeah. Um, and as you said, maybe it was fitness. Maybe it was. But nonetheless, he's done really well. Oh, um, meant to be signing a, a two-year contract to stay at San Lorenzo, but I think just today he said he's going to wait till the pre-season. Uh, yeah. yeah. Still, I think if we're going to talk about teams who've overachieved, you could basically take the top five, six, maybe seven. Yeah. All of them, in, in terms of where you might have thought they were going to finish, we've got. You reckon Racing overachieved? Mm, okay, Racing. Okay, in comparison with the Torneo Inicial, perhaps, perhaps not so much. Well, they were yeah. fourth or yeah, but fairly close to finishing second, weren't they? They finished right, they with second, thirty-three the points, right. which would be good enough for third this year. But okay, I, yeah. I think last year there was a few more teams grouped. Hmm. Um, but I mean well Newell's uh, we mentioned right at the start of last week's episode and then we didn't really follow it up very much Newell started 2012-13 uh, on the same number of points in the relegation table as Independiente but both on 90 points mm-hmm. one of those sides has ended up being relegated <laughs> and the other couldn't be very much further away from being relegated even though they had the Copa Libertadores to contend with as well all the way through the second championship of the season um, and they've won that second championship and they're still in the Copa Libertadores they could make history in those terms but it's going to be interesting and of course that's a big reason that they've lost five games it's it going to be interesting next year because right? Newell's only start the descenso like the um, relegation table mid-table I think yeah yeah, yeah, they're, they're, and they're, they're going to lose they're going to lose to Cojco, they're going to lose Heinz about maybe quite a few, quite a few players. No, they're sixth in fact. They've got a few, but they've only got a forty-eight point season from last season. Yeah. That's why, uh, so and there's not a huge gap between. Oh, I them thought they were a bit lighter. Sort of tenth. I, 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 I thought they were as well. Actually, I'm not sure yeah. why. They're. I only looked that up a few days ago. Oh. Um, but that is kind of the point that Newell's had a, a great manager yeah. who's still at the top of his game. Come back. They also had Heinze. Maxi Rodriguez, Skoko, um these got these well, three players who came back. Player of the year. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And independently, yeah. they didn't have anyone who came back. Yeah. Plus, you look at the players who they have who, who could come back. They've recently sold. And I mean, yeah. who study? I mean, obviously, Conor yeah. is not coming back. Obviously, Den- Dennis also would not be coming back. I mean, not even Parra is going to come back. I think. Pato Rodriguez. I mean, Rodriguez. But he certainly wasn't for, for last season. Um, but one of the other things with Newell's was we, we've talked a few times on Hand of Pod, especially around transfer windows, when people start saying, What do you think of this player or that player? Why is the Argentine League you know, not be able to, to compete with the main European leagues or the Brazilian League in terms of transfers and so on? About the economy and about the fact that this uh, causes, let's say, middle aged players, i.e., I guess between the age of about 23 and 28, 29, um, to leave for Europe because. So, and, and as a result we, we, we've spoken about this donut effect there's people at the bottom people in the middle and the, uh, people at the top and there's nothing in the middle mm. so it's like a donut um, as Australian Dan used to call it um, oh, yeah and I was I was writing something about Newell's uh, a few days ago for the bubble the new Argentine uh, English language Argentine news website whose sports correspondent is me and Blatant I was plug. going Blatant plug. of course yeah, why not? Um, you're allowed to plug your things as well if you want. Not right now, because I'm talking. But yeah, no <laughs> um, And I was going through the, the ages of Newell's squad, because I was expecting to say that as well as, as uh, the ones Giles mentioned, as, as Maxi and, and Hainsey, 
we'll, we'll see about how well, how good of a thing he really was for them. I'm not a fan, but anyway. Um, and Skokko. Come on. That they also that they also had a lot of very young kids coming through who stepped up really yeah. well. And although they do, a surprising number of the yeah. players I was expecting to be like 21, 20, yeah. who I really hadn't heard of much before this season, it turned out to be 25 or 26. There's yeah. what, very late bloomers. Or well, do you think that's... Or, 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 that's not, or just, just not bloomers. I mean, yeah. Matteo, Matteo is, is a player who has conceptual issues <laughs> as, a, as a professional footballer. <laughs> but he's done well this mm. season. But before that, I mean, last year, I remember when, when, they, when Kanye was there, when um, Torrente was there. I mean, Matteo was, was dire yeah. at yeah. holding midfield. I mean, making just very basic uh, mistakes, technical yeah. mistakes, but also tactical mistakes. And he's been this really he's good been really this year. Up. He's yeah, been he really by, has. I mean, more often than not, by saying Lucas Bernaldi, who's also been superb for most of the season, it was very I, poor yeah. on, on Sunday. Plus, I can't believe um, that news made Marcus Cáceres a workable player. <laughs> this is just, no, this can't happen. The Cathal of Santa Fe. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Because he was so, you just don't understand how diabolical he was in Racing. Like every time he got the, he no, got the ball, this is all he used to take a yeah, deep breath. Like, but, oh, uh, yeah, Ronaldo Cruzado as well, who we saw in the Copa America yeah, here for Peru and was um, looked decent then, and then everybody kind of forgot about him and he turned up at Newell's and people were going, "What? Who is he?" They've forgotten mm-hmm. they'd seen him a year previously in Argentina. Well, it's been superb. He's been one of the signings of the season. That said, I, w- I would add that um, in the youth. System set up, uh, Newells are excellent. Mm. Uh, despite the fact that under, and this is also an important point. I mean, just a few years ago, um, Newells fans managed to vote out Eduardo Lopez, yes. the the president who, who ran the club for 14 years. He ran the club with a re- with a right. with a revolver on the on his desk, um, and he, yeah, he, I mean, Newells weren't didn't figure on the electricity nor waterboard um, when when the current administration took over. The club was, I mean, really in a real state, and the Bada Brava dominated and ran the um, the youth team system they, they'd charge for players to get chances in, in, the, in the sides and all the rest of it um, so but with this with that timing it could be the better of Rava's fault that Messi's medical costs got cut off and that Newell's lost Messi well it was under Eduardo Lopez as, yeah. as the president that they didn't pay well, but they didn't, have, they didn't have the money for it mm. it's not it's not to do with the better of they, just, they didn't have the, the money for that full stop um, but Newells do have uh, an excellent youth system, though. Despite all of this, 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 these issues, they've got a good talent pool. And River Plate are the overall youth system champions when you combine all the points. Uh, Newells are second, ahead of Boca. Yeah. So you know they've we're, got. We're talking got, there about the, the, the youth team championship rather than some abstract thing worked out from teams online. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. All the yeah, exactly. Yeah, the, under, and the under 18s down to under the yeah. under 12s, say, yeah. and they they add up. They do this every every end of season. They they add, t- tally up all the points and work out um, from that. You know the the youth systems. And as I said, Newells are a second in the country. So um, you know they do have this pool of players that to, to pick from. And, and have players coming through but it's interesting your point about some of the players act- are actually sort of are in their mid-20s mm. and are still here playing so. you think that's got something to do as well with them being in Rosario like they don't quite have the same spotlight as all the players in in Buenos Aires I'm all over that definitely yeah. undoubtedly I mean even all we find ourselves it's the same Palermo going to endorse this whole even we find ourselves talking more about players who are who we get to see when we go to matches in the flesh I 
basically here in Buenos Aires more than we do in, in the provinces mm. um, which, watch out for Racing they've got the new Messi in the, in the youth lineup. Uh, which, which one of them Just, is this I thought hadn't that been banned there from so many. Kind of pod, that, that phrase well I'm, I'm bringing it back to, to I pass think, the decree yeah. actually, I, I think he should have <laughs> I think it was passed he's a YouTube Messi at least he's a YouTube oh, even worse he's a uh, no he's 16 year old kid else? I can't remember the name uh, his first name that's you but his surname is Valenzuela Valenzuela if you write him Racing Valenzuela something's going to turn up right yeah. shall, we, shall we try and see who yeah. comes up and he's a yeah, 16 year old he's just signed a four year contract what makes uh, him the next Messi contract. just the fact that he pisses on everyone in in the Sedima so, so he's good oh, for his age right he's very yeah there you go Fernando um, Valenzuela and how old is he 16 Okay, so he's already older than uh, than Aguero was when Aguero was playing in yeah, the first yeah. team. I thought that actually. People, maybe so. maybe next season, you know, we know um, Zubelia likes to likes to give youth a chance. We do, yeah. not like John Lennon who gives peace a chance, but it's a similar <laughs> thing. So maybe you know, we, uh, the story is that where's he Luis from? He is from Santiago de Estero in uh, northwest, northish. Yeah, of Argentina well that's why we've never heard of him before then never mind he's only exactly yeah. how long has he been at Racing for I think he came in he scored ridiculous amounts of goals for his local Santiago yeah. youth okay. team and he entered Racing at 14 13 years old okay. when he was already in uh, Novena I look forward to seeing him yeah hmm. I think yeah oh. if the Racing sell Luis Farina who out of kind of the four whiz kids we've got up front is the most likely to leave I'm still trying to work out what the link with Messi here is but, but it's okay no watch watch him watch him take the piss dribbling and stuff and he's a similar player like he's short he's, no but you, you, you know I'm just getting that you know, you know when the I mean face. Saviola was was by someone called the, the next Maradona it's like hang on centre forward right footed yeah. river you know how, think, how does that work out? I so think that, that was really what I was getting at. I'm sure he's a talented player. I'm sure he's a talented player. I'm sure he's a talented player. Maybe he'll be the Santiago Wenyo. Maybe he'll be the Santiago Wenyo Messi. Maybe he'll put Santiago on the map. Yeah, maybe. I'd like to drag this kicking and screaming back to the issues of other teams who overachieved and underachieved. As I said, I thought that maybe the top six or seven. Everyone listens to this podcast because they want to hear about the new Messi. We're just giving the people what they want. I think you should um, re- rename the uh, the podcast the new Messi. Yeah, <laughs> there's an idea. We'll, we'll let hundred pod listeners vote on that, and then I'll ignore the votes if it goes against what I want. Um, <laughs> it's a very dictatorship. These lads are plowing. I've always said that this is a dictatorship. Yeah. Um, I, I think of, of, of the top six, so the one who who are trickiest to say have overachieved probably are uh, well, if, if not Racing, then Lanús, because they did very well in the Donio Inicial as well, um, and also really could have wrapped the title up a few weeks ago if it weren't for the fact that they just kept drawing matches they had that run of something like what was it seven draws in eight games or something yeah. stupid mm-hmm. um, when Newells and River were both dropping points when they shouldn't have done and Lanus could have been champions two weeks ago if they won the games they should have won mm. um, so River as a fan I'm more than happy with I'm surprised season? I'm surprised at you Sam why I think you um, what have I said all season what, what did I say at the beginning you, no you've said that you're happy with them you've, you've, you've stood by your line the whole way through which is why I'm surprised continental qualification I, I, I think that you've um, in, in River they're, they're obsessed with this issue where they're, they've um, actually it's quite funny a couple of people who have spoken to about the book that went together um, which is that they said quite a few people have said um, we're becoming like racing <laughs> <laughs> but the more common phrase is that um, boss <laughs> 
of River Plate, which is just that they just Trans- support translate that into the it's becoming yeah bockerization exactly of um, of the supporters, which is just that they support um, the team regardless of how they're playing, and and it's all about the result rather than at River Plate where traditionally there's there's, 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 a, there's a 3G which is you know the ganar um, you have to win you have to score lots of goals and you have to play good football yeah but so, you also so have River Plate have not played good bit. football this year they've not been bad what I, what I would say is some of River Plate's games have I, been I, unwatchable what I said a few weeks ago was that they they're much 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 more enjoyable to watch when they stop with this ridiculous trying to emulate Newells and Lanus to play a nice passing football and play that kind of faster counter-attacking down the flanks which can be equally as attacking when you get it right well sure that's the whole point that's the bockerisation exactly this is is the whole thing River don't have players to to play I mean Iturbe hasn't started that many games for River Plate this season so he's the one player that you'd say well yeah you can put him out wide he'll beat players for pace which he does when he's on the pitch but I've said this on the on the pod several times. Funes Mori ended up playing left wing. Mm-hmm. What's going on? They've got Lansini, Sidigliano. I don't understand why he hasn't played more. But he's he's a, well, a he's ball playing. Ball he's a place. ball playing midfielder. Mm. Yeah, but I mean they've gone with um, Lord Ledesma. Chris, um, oh, Ledesma, yeah. who's. <sighs> <laughs> I mean, he's, he's played well. He's done well he's this season, but, but he's go, but he's no, no. He's definitely he's staying. He's been offered a contract renewal. <laughs> yeah, he's, but Ramon Diaz. He's one of Ramon Diaz's favourites. So you know, I'm all for coaches going with their the players that they like and they get on with, and that, that's absolutely fine. But I don't think River Plate have, have made that much of a step forward in terms of the style from Almeida. The, the results are better. No, I agree with that entirely. That's absolutely true. I agree with that entirely. But uh, the most important thing for River this season was to build up a good promedio to maybe get into the, into the back into continental qualification and start feeling like a big club again and they've managed that in both senses well they still they went into the final week of the championship let's say if we include you know the sort of eight days before the championship ended mm-hmm. River were still in with a, a narrow admittedly shot at the title um, and they finished third in the overall season table which is a full three positions higher than they finished in the overall season table the year they were relegated so if that's not progress then what is well, no, but you're comparing a whole season with a half season, but yeah, sure. No, I'm comparing two whole seasons. I'm, I'm saying they're, they're third in 2012-13 table, which is here, 38 games, and in uh, the the end of the 2010-11, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. sixth, and they got relegated. Yeah, but as I said, the results have improved, but the football hasn't improved. And that's why. And that's why. Yeah, that's why they didn't win this the, the title. I'd, I'd agree with that, but what I'm saying is when you're when they're a newly promoted side. The, the most important thing is to make sure it's they're really not going to it's, yes. it's not Union no. it's not Belgrano with all respect to these but the, tempta- the temptation for them and, and the, what they might have been in danger of falling into hey, if they'd got you too are, stuck you are one of these you're one of the masses who's, who's helping who Rivers become like Boca Juniors I'm one of the people who doesn't want to get them relegated next season no, get relegated next season. Nah, no season of course they're not year. because they're top of the promedio now yeah but I mean as a result putting the results if Almeida what, carried, what matters if Almeida repeated his results this season then it would have been fine yeah exactly yeah but so, what, but so they haven't, they haven't. Uh, as I said, I mean, but they're second in the championship. Yeah, sure. As one, I said, there was one one year after getting. But this is the thing, Sam. You're, you're you're going on results, and this whole thing, River aren't about just results. No, I, mean. I know River aren't just about results. Well, that's what I'm saying. River Plate used to be, along with Independiente, one of the two clubs really in the country that stood for playing quality football, having quality players, passing football, attractive football. And they football. will do again, but one season after you come up, the first thing you need to make sure, especially in Argentina's system where this season's results count towards the next season's relegation table as well, is that, you're not, is that you're going to be out of danger. And then you can start to build on that. River have given themselves something to build on for next season. It's the point that I've made. Well, they're going to let him go, they're going to let him go like... 
some well letting Trezeguet go I don't think is necessarily so, that bad so, thing so disappointing Sam Trezeguet spent huge swathes of this season injured I mean, no, 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 I'm very thankful totally, totally for what he's totally. done but I don't think that letting him go is, is necessarily that bad a thing and they've not let Itorabe go they've not got the money to, to pay well, for it well the deal was always just six months yeah. and but, um, he's visibly a bit of an idiot and, I think know. they've bought themselves a problem with, with Trezeguet because as you said he's injured all the time Precisely. Like, you didn't need to, yeah. get, to get rid of him as such just mm-hmm. keep him on I mean they're, yeah. Um, yeah. It's there, yeah. Um, but no uh, overall River in, in terms of uh, okay apologies Joel but in terms of the results no, no, no. I think they can be they can be pleased with themselves for this season uh, they've, they've done what was asked for them it would have been wonderful to win the t- title obviously but as Dan's already mentioned I entirely agree with him it would have been a bit of a travesty if anybody but Newells had won this one um, even though Newells ended up slightly stumbling over the line as we mentioned it was there though. we should say it was there because Newells lost a lot of games that it was there for a River and Lanús nice. to win it. Definitely, yeah. Oh yeah, totally, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, which is why I also say Lanús could have won it two or three weeks ago had they just managed to keep yeah. grinding out those wins rather than losing and, and suddenly start drawing loads of matches. Um, two teams who've definitely overachieved. I don't think there could be any doubt about this. A fourth and fifth, San Lorenzo and Quilmes. We've yeah. mentioned Quilmes already. Um, and a lot of, of their good season came in the second half. Uh, they they won. Oh bloody hell! I keep doing this, bashing the screen. There we go. Uh, over the whole season, Kilmes won. Where are they? Uh, Fifty points, and thirty-one of those were in the Clausura. Uh, they finished fifth. Thirty-two for San Lorenzo. Bizarrely, including an eleven-match unbeaten streak, which took them into Copa Sudamericana right after the Pope was. Uh, <laughs> So I don't think that should be a surprise. How does that sound for divine intervention? Would, yeah, they were blessed. Indeed. Um, they've actually they, they lost fewer games than either River or Newell's. So San Lorenzo only finished fourth, but they lost three games, which is fewer than either first or second place. Second best conceded record as well, right? Uh, we've got Belgrano conceded 13, uh, San Lorenzo conceded 16. Belgrano conceded 13, and Lanús 14. And Lanús 14, of course, yeah, yeah. So yeah, third, so third best defensive record. Uh, with, yeah. Uh, one of the better attacking records as well so well done San Lorenzo we're sorry Mariano's not here to tell us more about, about San Lorenzo Are we? Um, uh, for the moment anyway we might have dragged it out and then down into mid-table underachievers <laughs> this is the bit I've been looking forward to uh, does anybody want to suggest from a neutral point of view some of the underachievers of the Thornell final uh, Estudiantes and Vélez definitely yeah Vélez for sure yeah Oh, well, Boca, I mean, come on, we've got to go, Thank got, you, got to, go to town on this. I mean, Why did you say? I was going to... Yeah. I didn't come out with that. I just didn't want to say it because I knew you were smug as a Cheshire cat when it's... Uh... <laughs> no, but now, now Sam's going to say it's terrible because they're not playing good football. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, it's not terrible because no. they're not playing good football. As we mentioned... He's saying they're, well, he's saying they're underachieved because of the results. For it is, it is. Most of the first half of the Donnell final, Boca were having more than 50% possession. They were having more of the chances. And they finish off, as you said, Joel... Uh, at the end there with uh, Orion in their final match making more saves than anybody else in any game and that was the very last game at the Donnell final as well we should say and like, it's Bocca. a hard one for Boca because I get the feeling that after the first five matches of the league let's say they just sort of gave up like it's not giving up this is the whole thing going on the yeah. longest run, run without a win in your well, history that's definitely a form, a form this is the whole thing that if it's not just Boca this is Bianchi and I mean, if we're if we're allowed to plug, you know, this is what but the Super Classico short ebook on, um, which came out just before the last Super Classico. And the whole thing was this season was about Ramon Diaz and Carlos Bianchi coming back. As you said, River were there or thereabouts with Ramon, um, but Boca, with their most successful coach of their history, the coach who's got more Libertadores titles than any other 
in, in the history of, of South American football to be this bad mm. this poor defensively give away yeah. I mean discipline they gave away eight penalties more than anyone else in the, in the, in the competition 29 I mean, goals astonishing. In, in 19 matches which I think is the second second worst defensive record in the league no there's a few down there oh sorry third no it's about no one's considered oh, oh, four, right when you're with 31 30, fourth yeah. Colon and Tigre with 30 yeah, yeah. so no I think that's a fourth I think it's a goal they only managed 13 goals in the whole season mm. a few of them were penalties as well that's pitiful three wins nine draws and seven defeats for Boca um, I mean okay Union finished bottom one point behind Boca having gone the entire torneo inicial without a single win and they managed to win as many as Boca in this season including beating Boca mm. uh, to, to end that 11 month sorry 10 and a half month streak without, without a, a, a competitive victory um, yeah, this this is it's, it's not just kind of media media um, mediocre performance or that you know just things haven't quite gone their way. I mean, they've been spectacularly bad. They've been diabolical, really. And we're not saying this with a smile on our faces, even. I mean, I'm honestly not smiling when I say this. <laughs> it's just the, the other thing is how many penalties. Boca have let it, uh, have given away something like thirteen penalties in the first six months of the year, including yeah. Libertadores and right, yeah, 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 yeah. Which is. Staggering. Bearing in mind, you used to see them at La Bombonera. I mean, they do have. You can joke about They do have Caruso and Chiquipedes in, in the side. But Caruso and Perez. Yeah. It's become such an issue that, you know, I mean, because Boca, rightly so, are famous around the world because of their support. And, I mean, it's become a major issue <coughs> with this whole baiting, you know, we're better than you, we're bigger than you, but we're better than blah, blah, blah. I mean, it's, it's kind of rubbish, but there is something here, which is that. Boca have not been filling up the Bombonera um, because it's only members who can get tickets. There's no tickets going on sale. But those those members, those socios, have not been going. The last few games, there's have been a massive, well, massive been, yeah. gaps in the in the stadium. Which is, as I said, Boca are famous because of their their supporters. They always get behind the side. Ramon Diaz retweeted one of what a River fans. Screen grab of the oh, television. Did he? Yeah, did you not see this? No, uh, I didn't see it, no. Whatever Boca's last home game, which was the 18th round at home against, who can remember? Before I get this up on screen. I know, I've seen the photo, I know which one you mean. I don't um, who it was against. Against Arsenal when they won 1 0. Uh, it was held on a fairly rainy afternoon, but uh, some River fan tweeted to Ramon Diaz a picture of uh, two, two photographs, one on top of the other. One was of this Boca banner, a very famous one. Um, saying uh, that, uh, oh, what was it? You, saying to the opposition's fans, you only support your team when you're winning. And then the bottom one was Amazing. of the t- television screen grab. Amazing. Um, for for that, that day's game of an almost entirely empty Bombonera with, I mean, you know, clearly thousands of people in it, but compared with what the capacity is, just enormous empty swathes of, of the Platea. Um so yeah, I mean it's it's been a poor se- uh, poor season for Boca in every sense. Of course, if they were still in the Libertadores at this stage, if they'd managed to beat Newell's in, on penalties, and we were talking about uh, Boca versus Atlético Mineiro semi-final Copa Libertadores in a few minutes' time, um, it would be all justified, wouldn't it? Yeah, completely. Just as had Venice managed to get through it this far, their poor season would have been justified as well because they obviously put all of their eggs in that basket. Mm-hmm. Um, Venice was starting to improve towards the end of the season. There we go. Joel's Joel's pulled the, the picture up. And it says that was a different one. That says Gracias por el campeonato. Gracias por el campeonato. Thank you for the championship. Yeah. But there was another one saying we support you in the good times and the bad, or, I love or the it. opposition only support when they're winning or something like this. Um, so yeah, Boca and Vélez, I think, and, and Estudiantes to perhaps a lesser extent are the, are the underachievers of the season. 
Tigre, I'm going to say maybe not underachievers, um, but in terms of what they needed to do in the Donnell final, I think they allowed themselves to get a bit distracted by the Libertadores because Tigre only finished with uh, the Donnell final with uh, six wins, three draws, but ten defeats. Their problem was. Um, a bit like Newell's really their problem is not, not, not managing to draw enough and losing too many games because they concentrate on the Libertadores too much as a result of which next season for relegation table Tigre are going to be back in trouble again potentially no 13th 13th but if they don't if they don't start off well because they've only got 34 points I mean that's something like two points more than they managed the season before last which is the season that's now being scrubbed which is why they had such a massive scramble for relegation a year ago and they it's the same with Tigre they do one brilliant year and then one shit year then one brilliant year exactly but I mean it's, it's poor management in a way they, they've allowed themselves to get distracted by the Continental Cups neither of which they were going to win ok they got to the final of the Sudamericana they could have won that in fact but the Libertadores was unrealistic from the beginning they should have Prioritised the league 100 percent there because they yeah, always they knew that they were going to have this a trip classic, on I mean, This is classic, and it's not just in, in Argentina or in South America. This happens. I mean, I remember when Betis uh, made the Champions League; uh, they went all out for it. Um, they, I remember they the league with uh, Leeds, in the group with uh, Leeds United. With, with, well, exactly, and then, and then they relegated. You know, Betis. I think the same happened with Leeds. They were relegated. You know, but when I'm the following season, well, Betis were relegated that season. Yeah. Um, I don't. I think Leeds were a little bit longer, weren't they? Yeah, but, yeah um, Leeds were. A couple but, but you know, you understand it because you know. What, otherwise, what, what else? What else are you, are you doing? Yeah. I mean, if you're, but at you're, the same you're, time, Tigre's going to have a, have a small. I mean, at the same time, Argentina's relegation system means that Tigre had already had this scare last year, and it's like they haven't learned anything from it. At, at least though, the two examples you've given, it was it was you know one one season relegation, <laughs> proper relegation system, mm. which means that the team are, they've, they've made the mistake once. Tigre have now made the mistake. Twice of prioritising other things, of going but all out. Tigre are not a historically first division club. So you think? Mm. I mean, they've only recently, relatively recently, made it up into the first division. They've done well for themselves, and you think. You know what? We've made this. We've made our first continental final. Uh, we've, we've made it to the biggest competition in South America. The likes that yeah. you know for years we'd only look at and watch on TV, yeah. and we're finally there. They got out of the group stage. Even I mean, uh, obviously, as you're right, when it comes to sort of first division survival, it's not doesn't make perfect sense. But it's football. Yeah, and I supporters yeah. wanting to go for it. And I mean, you know, let, I, I think fair play. They should yeah. enjoy it. Exactly. And I mean, you know, it hasn't worked out, but they were there. Clearly, I've been burned more than I think from Rivers' season at the big. I think so. Um, I think so. Yeah. You just—you were just um, lecturing us about, you know, results fans and how Argentine fans think <laughs> going to the beach is the worst thing ever. Like they feel shame. And then you're like, Ah, oh, Tigre should have just given up two continental competitions to stay away from the bee. Okay. Uh, coherency. We want coherency from you, Sam. On this note, I'm going to cut a minute now so we can refill our glasses, and then we'll uh, <laughs> we'll talk about uh, sort of the, the highlights of the season, the best eleven, and so on. So don't go away.
have a few listeners' questions in a in a little while, but I guess one of the obvious or two two or three of the obvious ones: um, best signings, worst signings, and best eleven of the Dornell final. So, what do we think? Let's start with best signings. I've already mentioned Maggioni. Fairly hard to argue with that one. Anybody think of any any others? I'm not saying the best. I'm just you know the best handful of signings. Uh, Ronaldo Cruzado for Newells was another one that I mentioned earlier. Um, I think he's been very good. So, are you going for final or the whole season? Final. I think I'm pretty sure we did the Inicia when did Blanco come in for Lennox was he there in Inicia he, no he was a, a January signing I'm oh, totally yeah. surprised that you would include him exactly yeah. he started he had moments he scored two in his first three and three in his last two and hey, between that he didn't really do very much well, <laughs> Lennox's best times of the season and they finished third it's got like something right excellent uh, Joel any thoughts no comment there we go. Worst signings in that no, case. No, I, they, they haven't been. Sorry, yeah, no. I mean, there haven't been players that have. I was really excited about seeing Tordobe. I yeah. thought that he would do really well here. Yeah, most of the signings in January never really. I mean, he did all right, but I just thought it was because from Portugal, wait, sure, admittedly he wasn't playing that much anyway, but it is a step down. So I was very excited about seeing him at River Plate, but um, unfortunately he didn't didn't tear it up as much as no. I think probably, probably he was expecting yeah. as well, to be honest. So yeah. probably all three, or was it four in the end of Boca signings, were a candidates for the worst. Oh, yeah. Well, Chiqui Perez was disgraceful. Yeah, Carol, so. I, no, I think Chiqui Perez actually surely, yeah. I mean, just takes it down. I mean, first of all, being overweight, yeah. He, he, I mean, he was, he was yeah, unable to play the first three games or something because he was. Well, there was no, no he was injured. He, he was oh, injured. Of course, he was injured. Sorry, yeah, you're right. Then uh, we actually called him up for the, for a squad for one of the league, no, for the Copa Libertadores yeah. games, and and sent him home because he was overweight, and and apparently he's given away. I mean, he was he was very poor, but he he made the right uh, noises when he started because he did say how sending River down yeah. because he was obviously at Belgrano beforehand was um, was highlight of his <laughs> career, but. Um, <laughs> But no, no, definitely. I think yeah. uh, a no-brainer for for worst. Yeah. So. Then Balati's got to be out there as well. Com- completely flopped in his six months at Racing. Any players who've come through have impressed you? I'm guessing you're going to say, quite rightly, the four kids at, at Racing. Well, not so much signings, but I'm talking, you know, players who've come. Well, three of them, three of them were fantastic in the initial, and then Rodrigo De Paul was the one who hadn't really. I think he might have played one substitute appearance in in the initial, but then he came in and yeah. Just, Forced his way into the first team. I think he played probably what fifteen or fourteen games, and yeah, he was fantastic. But. I'm guessing if we if, if we're going to do this over the whole league, it would have to be between uh, De Paul and uh, Handapod's favourite centre back, Eder Alvarez Balanta, for the overall person yeah. who's just come from nowhere. And oh, but, oh, I think Balanta's got to take it. To be honest, and, the, and uh, as I said before, I'm a big fan of Newell's midfielder uh, Horacio San as well, who's been come off the bench and had a few starts in both the league and the Libertadores, and he's done very, very well. I'm really also like, Elizari in in Quilmes. Of course, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. Sorry, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and also a shout for as well for uh, we've mentioned him already, but Calderuccio from Quilmes, who now looks like he's going to be getting a move to a bigger yeah. club. Oh, yeah, we knew that captain. Yeah, I mean, sure of course, yeah, but I mean, he's he's had a good campaign, is yeah. what I mean. Rather, he's uh, obviously he's not a kid, uh, to anywhere near the same. Well, to to any yeah. degree. To also in San Lorenzo as well. Angel Correa, yeah, exactly. Veron came in yeah. and scored some fantastic. Yeah, some a really good crop of youngsters coming through in San Lorenzo, Absolutely. which is basically, I think, it was the kids more than anything that are the reason why San Lorenzo are fourth. The players like the big names are Stracolursi, Haram. These kind of players. Stracolursi is a big name, isn't it? 
Well, yeah. In in the context of Argentine football, like he was, you know, like, more was expected. <laughs> yes, yeah. <laughs> but it was, yeah, it was really the kids who um, who dragged San Lorenzo's kicking and screaming to fourth. So, sorry, the, the microphone's big as big as his head. Yeah. yeah right. Sorry. Yeah, we're watching a television. Uh, a warm television between us. A bit like Mariano, actually. <laughs> Very skinny. Yeah. Small. Oh. Yeah. Um, Okay, uh, worst players, like really outstandingly bad players overall, not just signings, obviously. Paris, we've already mentioned Caruso. Caruso, yeah. So, more so. Um, disappointment, so um, Guillermo Burriso has to yeah. be up there as one of the most disappointing Massive. performers. Obviously, he comes with a bit of pressure maybe because of the surname, but he's, um, I mean, Boca and River, I know this was a while ago now, but it feels like forever, but um, they fought over his signature. Yeah. He ended up going to Boca, River was a big scandal that they let him go. But he's been really poor, man. Poor, he's yeah. really it, poor. And as we mentioned well, before when Santiago was on a few weeks ago, that it seems very much like Bordiso was being made to look good by Lisandro Lopez. Yeah. Who now looks like he's moving to Benfica. Uh, apparently Bayern came in for a signature really? a couple of days ago, but it looks like Benfica have got it in the end. Oh, that would be amazing for him. <laughs> you see, you see, you could be, you could go to Metalist in Uruguay, all respect to Metalist, yeah. but you could go there or you could go and be coached by Pep Guardiola. I mean, these are yeah. the, the decisions that the yes, Argentine so. defenders have, but um, no, I mean, yeah. it, it, as you said, maybe it doesn't sound like it's going to happen, but I mean, he's, he's a player who, if he went right coaching... Um, Lisandro Lopez should be should be in the squad for next year for Argentina without doubt. Absolutely. I think another final disappointment's got to be Mora, no? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Mora. He was really good during the initial, yeah, and that. he's and just, he's done. I mean, he's barely played during the final because when he has, he's been so bad. Yeah. Yeah, he played a fair few times in the first five or six matches and was awful and got dropped as a result. Rodriguez, really. Clemente's gone to Sao Sao Paulo. It looks Incredible. like it, yeah. Had broken on hand of the pod just uh, yeah. forty minutes ago. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, I don't pay too much attention. The remaining question is best eleven. We mentioned this in passing last week. I'm a visual person. Like, if I read something, then yeah, it sticks. We, we mentioned the best eleven things. in passing last week because we got a question about it. We mentioned that there was definitely going to be one or two. <laughs> um, I'm ignoring you. Uh, there were definitely going to be one or two uh, of the the big five clubs who weren't going to be represented in it. So I think it's fairly obvious from what we've been saying who those are going to be. Independiente and, and Boca obviously best 11 of the Donnell final I think you'd struggle to include either of them so shall we do what Ole have done and, and do a 4-3-3 goalkeeper well, first of all title winners were 4-3-3 so yeah, yeah. yeah. seems fairly apt goalkeeper anybody we, well yeah sir I was me and Joe sort of came to a consensus earlier that it should be Campitrini of, of Arsenal no, no, we didn't. I was not so expecting you to say Oh, no, Saka. No, no, my, my choice was Campitrini and Joe convinced me, cajoled and... I wouldn't cajoled. necessarily have argued much yeah. with, with uh, Campestrini, actually. Yeah, well, oh, yeah, we went for Saka in the end. Okay. He also scored twice or three times. No. Maybe on the bench behind him, who would you say, Campestrini in that case, and what, uh, Torrico, Godoy Cruz, or, or yeah, Barovero, possibly? Yeah, Barovero, not a bad shot. Barovero's conceded one or two too much. Also, Marchesin, we don't Marcusin we haven't given much credit right, yeah. since he's yeah, 14 point. goals yeah. in the Torneo final. The best defence in the league. Yeah, no, you're right. Astonishing. Yeah. Uh, there's a few conceded at all in the first what six yeah. games or something. There's a few candidates for goalkeeper. Like this, I think goalkeeping wise, you can look at good hands. Yeah, you can look at almost all of the top Which ten and say they've got they, a quality they, keeper. It, I mean, Romero. Well, Romero's a good keeper, but I mean, he's not world class. He's not sure. the kind of keeper yeah. that you know 
that other, other I don't think other countries look at and say, oh, if only we had a Romero in our, yeah. you know. Um, he's a good keeper, I like him, but... Um, but I should I, say, I, actually, I've just looked down the table, Belgrano finished 10th, conceded, they only scored 14, <laughs> they conceded 13. Well, their keeper's got the power of um, El Podro behind him. <laughs> he <does>. Who... <laughs> His yeah. tenth anniversary of his death was yesterday. Yeah, well, clarify in case you weren't listening to the episode where we explained this, which was seven or eight months ago. I think uh, Belgrano's goalkeeper Juan Carlos Olave uh, has, has the uh, the face of a local singer, isn't he, or something? Cuartetero. Yeah, a cuartetero. Uh, on, on his face, on his <laughs> on his on his goalkeeper shirt, who was who was killed in a car crash. And his death day is the same as Carlos Calderes. I was. But it's the same day. Uh, Riquelme and Messi's celebrate their birthday. And you're right, Gardel. Right, a couple of days ago. Gardel. So, happy birthday, Leonardo. It was Monday. Yeah. It was and, yesterday. And, it was and Sunday, right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, and you're right. And Rodrigo and, and Gardel also died on the yeah. same day, so it's quite a day. So that's June the twenty third, I believe, right? Oh, right. Anyway, we we spent about ten minutes on goalkeeper. Oh, so yeah. Who's going to play right back? <laughs> All right. So who do we go for, mate? We went for Casco. Casco. Okay. Yeah. Good shot. Definitely. Sure. Uh, we've got Heinz at six. Okay, and at two. This was. We should clarify here that the, the two and six, the, the centre back numbers in yeah. Argentina, not. Two was that. controversial. Mm-hmm. I think I wanted to put in Balanta just for the impact that he had on everyone. I'm not happy with, I'm not happy with that. Joel's not happy. Why are you not happy with it, John? I just, he hasn't played enough, um, okay. and, yeah. and because two good games for River Plate do not warrant um, player of the season. No, or sure. First eleven of the season. Nine good games. He for just has. Well, I, I don't think he's for nine I mean, games. One, he's one poor one against Nanus, admittedly. That he's was had a, cu- he had a couple other games. Then, I mean, at the weekend, I mean, he's positionally, he's, he's, he's a good player, mm-hmm. he's got all the right attributes, not, you know, but I don't think he's in first 11 of the season. I'm assuming you're going to say Lisandro Lopez in that case. Lisandro Lopez is always always there or thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, there's no other standout candidate, I just don't think Balanta is okay. that It's true, no one jumps out at centre back. So yeah, if we say for centre back pairing Lisandro and who did you say, Dan? Heinz. And number three? We went for Vangioni. We've gone for Vangioni. Yeah, playing a little bit further back. Even though he's been playing really left yeah. mid. But he's the left wing back, yeah. I guess. Yeah, yeah. well, exactly, because yeah. they had three at the back. But, yeah. all right, midfield is where we got stuck. Because we couldn't decide on tactics. I don't know if we got stuck, we just sort of got distracted. With you know what, I think I'd, I'd be very tempted to just go for Newell's midfield. But m- maybe Nino Pizarro instead of... Yeah, uh, Pizarro was... Uh, Pizarro was just, yeah. Instead of whom I think he'll... Uh, the number five that you mentioned earlier, then. Mateo. Mateo. Um, but with, with Cruzado... With Cruzado and... Uh, and uh, well, and I thought Zuccolini... Zuccolini could have... Could have into that team. Sorry. P- uh, Lucas Bernardi. Uh-huh. Vichalba for me was before his injury yeah. was the best midfielder at Newell's yeah. for me but he, he's missed a lot of the season so maybe you can't um, make it into our team yeah. sorry about that so Vichalba. two Newell's and one Lanus in the midfield by the look yeah. of it I'm, I'm, yeah yeah Sukulini yeah. could be Sukulini I don't think he's possibly. quite up yeah. and across the front three Vieto's got to be there sure Vieto is Coco and Chiliotti and Chiliotti exactly yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, right there we go that, that's your hand upon First eleven of the season. Can't remember yeah. goalkeeper already. Gone. Uh, uh, no, not Capistri. Quick point about. Can I just, about uh, I'll put this on Gigliotti. the blog. Actually, I'll, write, I'll, I'll, I'll do a formation and put it up on the blog for you. That's the easiest way. Gone. Just about Giuliotti. I mean, he's been towered today with a move to to Boca and everything. Yeah. He's you know, but he scored as many goals as Scocco, and he just no one's talked about him all season. No. He is. You know, it's, it's incredible. This yeah. exactly the the club that you're at makes all the difference. I mean, he's he's had as good a season as a centre forward would want as as a title winning. 
Player of the Year, and he did it uh, in the and, Michel and, and as well. People right? haven't really talked about. It. I mean, he's no. uh, you know, and, and at San Lorenzo as well. He, he, he didn't really get anyone really sort of talking about him, that excited about him. But um, he's scored eleven goals in the torneo yeah. uh, final. Scocco has also scored eleven. Of course, Scocco scored thirteen and during the final, and has also got five in the Copa Libertadores. Um, so Scocco, I mean, for what's that? Twenty twenty-four. Yeah, great domestic great. goals for the season great in thirty-eight season. matches, and he's yeah. not even played all of those thirty-eight. Yes, yeah, fantastic. Honorable mention um, mentions for Romero as well and Capteruccia. Yeah, Silvio Romero. Yeah, yeah, definitely. On the Vieta one, that was interesting that he scored. Um, I think he was responsible for fifteen of Racing's goals this, this year. Yeah. So I think he scored what eight, but. Mm. A lot of assists for a well. centre forward, which is I think, you know, really important. That yeah, came from. Man, in other words, he's well, exactly. Yeah, very complete. Off. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, this whole year, because of the failings of Racing centre forwards, Sand and Gambara, he's yeah. played as a number nine. He'd never played number nine before in his life. Where before. did he play for the youth sides? He came into the team as a number ten or a okay. second striker. No, that's interesting. Yeah, and just because Sand and Gambara have been so disappointed, and he was pushed up as uh, centre forward. He's not got the build at all for a centre forward, but. He plays, you know, it's kind of a withdrawn number nine. You can say like in that kind of in that kind of vein. So we have a and certain amount of, of tactical flexibility built into our first eleven that the pub, which I think is yeah, definitely is, uh, and very fitting yeah. again, considering that Newells were the, the champions and Lanús were third. Yeah. Um, Excellent. Well done us. Um, <laughs> here's some more incidental music, and we'll come back with just a few of your listeners' questions. And then at the very end of the show, don't go away because I'm going to be reading out the final standings of the Torneo Final as predicted by Mystic Sam. your questions we've got one which has been sent in by email from uh, long term listener Dan Williamson what do you think about this player and does he have what it takes to succeed at Barcelona should the move come off and the URL suggested he's talking about a player called uh, Thiago Casasola who plays for Boca Juniors he's in the Boca youth team yeah he did pre-season with Boca you've heard of him though yeah I've got that right this is already this is already a better answer than I was expecting (laughs) funnily enough I read up on this today in the morning this is funnily enough as well because Dan hasn't told Dan about this question he's just emailed it it's true so carry on no luckily um, I happened to read this this article I can't tell you um, massive amount (laughs) yes and it was basically presented because Sergio Araujo, yeah. a player who spent, was it the whole of 2012-13 in yes. Barcelona B? We've got another question about him actually in a minute. Uh, well, we can print it and say he's come back to Boca and it yeah. looks like Barca will not use the option then. Oh, so it doesn't look like they're not. No, they're not. It's, it's I like to give a bit of uncertainty. No, it's very positive, it's very yeah. optimistic, but it's, you know. Yeah. But the other side of this was that they're now looking at this player who sounds just robbed the name of me so it's hard to remember Tiago Casasola Tiago yeah I remember the surname Casasola because it's like Lonely House I guess you could call him <laughs> that was very good you should send that into NFL Paradotas yeah. love it and yeah so he, he's a centre back 17 years old and he was with the first team last year during the pre-season but didn't get the call up for for the first team proper in the league because obviously Boca was so strong in centre mm. in the centre of defence so yeah what you're saying is he's a, centre, he's a worse centre back than Carroll or Perez well this would be the, um, 
the implication. But no, he's you know, so he, he's he a teenager. He well, yeah. got into Barcelona's first eleven in that. Yeah, definitely. He's not yet debuted in in Primera, like the the first team. But no, obviously Barca have seen something good about him. You know, they have this link with Boca, so they watch the youth divisions very very keenly and. They looked um, to get the young players, so obviously they've seen something in him. I can't really say much more about his play because he hasn't played a single match for the first team. But <clears throat> they're very funny moves, these ones. When we'll get well, it's we'll get kind of for Buster, it's nothing to lose. So take a 17 year old for one year. If the, it doesn't work out, they send him back to Walker. If he's a sensation, then they'll sign him. Phil Carney, moving swiftly on, says any, any chance of an explanation as to how continental qualification works in Argentina? I'm sure we've done this before, right? We're going to need to do a separate podcast for this. Last week. No, no, it's very easy. Last, very easy. Well, one of the it's things I need hard. to say is that last no, week, last week we were a bit confused. Um, we thought that the Libertadores for next year was still going to be qualified for in December. Um, it's actually cut off now. So the current, really? the 2012-13 season, this table here that I'm bringing up on Promiedos, which is the, the league table I referred to earlier where River Plate finished third overall, um, is the Copa Libertadores qualification table for next season. It doesn't say that at all. It does. Where? There. Um, the, basically what happens is, that. for the, for the Sudamericana, it, it's the league table. As if we play 38 games, 2012-13, Inicial plus Final. No, 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 the difference is that... I know, I know, I know, I know, I know, but, but they use the same table, they don't do it again in December, is my point. It's because the table doesn't um, mean anything. It's like, none of the places are dependent on where they finish in the table. Read. No, well, yeah, precisely. Yeah. Uh, what happens is, that the only way that this, this league table comes into being um, for Libertadores qualification is if... Newells, who've already qualified for the Libertadores by virtue of winning this year's Donnell final, also win the weekend super final, which we've not really mentioned until now, against Vélez, in which case they qualify for the Libertadores again, and then their place goes to second team in this league table, which is Lanús. Well, fucking um, So if that happens, Lanús qualify. If, what if, if a previously qualified team or River themselves, in, in this case, because um, River are third in the table, then go on to be the best Argentine side in the Copa Sudamericana. That's a Libertadores place as well. Then the place drops down another place. So in, 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 if Lanús are the best Argentine team in the Sudamericana, their Libertadores space gets filled up by River, and because Lanús get the qualification via the Sudamericana. Um, so what happens then? So on, basically, yeah. basically Lanús and River could still qualify for the Sudamericana, and obviously whoever wins the final also qualifies. Um, but the only teams who can qualify from the league long table are Lanús and River. It's incredibly confusing, and it's very hard to do yeah. audibly as well. It's, I mean, if you write it down, you could possibly make it make sense. But, but let me just ask you one question. Go on. But, so you might have just said that, but I kind of got lost in the explanation. I, I did myself as well, yeah. to be honest. So if Niels win the Supercopa yes. and... Sorry, the Supercopa or the Superfinal? Superfinal. Well, Superfinal, okay. They're different things. Yeah. <laughs> Same. So if they win the Superfinal yes. and the Copa de Libertadores, that opens up two spaces. If Niels win, yes, exactly. In which case, La Luz and River would both uh, qualify. Did you say that And if before? Yes. No, I, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, You're right. No, I'm uh, I didn't. So, yeah, in short, Phil, um, Sudamericana qualification this year is from a season-long table. So the teams in the Sudamericana for next season are Lanús, River, Racing, Belgrano and San Lorenzo. Plus the Superfinal winner. Yes, you're right. Plus, sake. Yes, pl- plus, the compos- uh, pl- plus the winner of the Superfinal, which is the final between the Torneo Inicial and the Torneo Final. 
i.e. Vélez-Sarsfield against Newell's Old Boys this Saturday 6pm one-off game in Mendoza there will be extra time if the score's level after 90 minutes which is quite unusual in Argentine and South American context and then a penalty shootout um, Vélez of course have qualified by virtue of winning the Inicial last year for, last, for this year's Libertadores they haven't qualified for next year's so if Vélez win they qualify for the Sudamericana and the Libertadores next year this year's Sudamericana, next year's Libertadores. If Newell's win, because they've already qualified for next year's Libertadores by winning the final, they only qualify for the Sudamericana, and that's why their space then passes on to Lanús, who finished second in the season long table for next year's Libertadores. One more question. Go on, Ben. Okay, so the winner of the Copa Argentina yes. goes into the Libertadores. Yes, they do. And that doesn't matter if they're a second division team, third division team, fourth no. division team? Uh, because uh, there's, a, there's an AFA guideline saying that teams in the lower divisions can't qualify for continental competition. This is why yeah. River didn't go yeah, uh, exactly. in 2011. It's why Tigre didn't, uh, sorry, why Tigre were in danger of not qualifying for the Sudamericana last year. But the Copa Argentina is not organised by the AFA. It's organised by this business, Santa Monica, this tourism business to get people travelling around Argentina. <laughs> as a result of which... Allegedly... Yeah, sure. But as a result of which, if a, if a second division or lower side wins the Copa Argentina, this is what I've, I've been told by uh, Pablo Lisotto on Twitter, at least, um, they, they have to be allowed into the Libertadores. So we could not have, be after making their minds up. We could have Gimnasia de Concepcion de Ur- del Uruguay playing in the, in the Copa Libertadores. It's possible. It's possible. Wow. Um, th- th- dale, no, dale. This is a result, basically, of the AFA saying to Santa Monica, you know, whatever you want to do with the Copa Argentina is fine, just you organise it. We're not going to. Um, so the winners of the Copa Argentina, whoever they are, will be in the Libertadores next year. Wow. Joke. The Newells, of course, are out of it because they lost a couple of hours, as we mentioned last week on Hannah Pod. Uh, they lost a couple of hours after having the title confirmed. But had Newells won that as well, that would have, you know, if they'd won the treble, it would have dropped the qualification place down three spots. Uh, but for the moment Vélez has only chance of qualifying for the Libertadores they're, they're fifth in the overall table but because they qualify for this year's Libertadores they're not in the, the Sudamericana places um, so Vélez's chances and Arsenal's chances of winning the Copa Libertadores well Vélez's are win the Super Final or win the Inicial basically wow. right my, this is just so my head hurts now yes. have we got, not got a question on Messi or something thank like you that. very much for that question Phil we hope <laughs> very much damn you damn you to hell we, we hope that you're regretting asking it now um, I do there we go uh, just trust us basically in future because by this time next year the rules will have changed again for the 2015 Libertadores and the 2014 Sudamericana they, I don't think there's I can't remember the last time that the qualification rules for these two championships remained the same for two consecutive seasons I mean, literally I can't remember um, Amilcar Tafawa Lewis asks what happened to Iturbe how would you say what would you say about his progress and his future in Europe we've kind of hinted at this already but I mean well, yeah, we mentioned Joel, it, didn't certainly we? Got something to say yeah no no we mentioned it before future um, in Europe I mean, what, what happens now when he goes back to Porto I, he... I think he's still regarded as a promise but I think he's someone who's, who's viewed to have um, very much slowed down if not stagnated in terms of he needs to kick on pretty quick I mean and, he's what 20 now 21 and, yeah I think he must be 20 and I, and I think watching him he, he um, suffers ever so slightly from a similar sort of disease that Michael Owen suffered from which is that being fast and just knocking it past players or just relying on your pace is good enough when you're when you have that pace but you hit your mid-twenties and that kind of goes and he is a skillful player but he doesn't use it enough and I think he needs someone to drill into him um, some better decision making um, passing pa- passing yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean decision making and knowing when to pass and when, when to take on players bringing that element of surprise because you know that he's going to try and take you on with his pace but um 
as I said, I think I, you still look at him and you think this guy could could be could be a really good player. Absolutely. But um, but he has slowed down from when he broke onto the scene at um, in Paraguay. Uh, Craig Clark asks: Has a team promoted from the B ever won the Apertura slash Inicial at the first time of asking? With three relatively big clubs returning to the Primera, do any of them have a realistic chance of challenging? The two, two big clubs. Uh, Central. Uh, yeah. um, uh, I've forgotten. Gimnasia and Olimpo. Thank you very much. Olimpo isn't a big club by any stretch of the imagination. No, I wouldn't say. I think Has it happened before, though? The, the closest I can remember is when off the, T off the top of my head no idea the closest I can remember is was it the 2008 Apertura when T Gray had gone into the three way playoff with Boca and San Lorenzo I think they'd just been promoted that year having no, spent a season no, at the no they have been the year because the year before they finished second or two years off before the they finished off off under Canyon. Right. Okay. no it was the year after was it the year after yeah I think so but I don't no, as far as I know it hasn't happened this, but no and we don't think it's happened before no, Bill. I'm but sure it hasn't if, and in fact whenever T Gray did, certainly when T Gray first came up one for Mr Chip there was one Tigre had been promoted twice to the Premier in the last decade and one of those occasions they finished second or, or, or third having challenged for most of the season and I remember um, looking it up at the time and finding that, that nobody had done uh, he also says Craig also asks Skoko to Europe we asked as well do, do any of the teams going up have a realistic chance of challenging no Central it depends they're going to have to buy a lot of players the thing is every time especially in this winter break although it's shorter because it's the, the season break in Europe as well it always depends so much on who sells sells who to yeah. who moves both within Argentina and also who gets sold I mean yeah. Newell's are going to lose the manager and their top scorer and who knows who else I mean Hainsay is talking about possibly retiring um, which would be a big plus for them obviously but otherwise uh, <laughs> it's just you, you agreed to have him in the first 11 man. in the disciplinary in the disciplinary table no he's been he's been solid this year He's been sent off about five times. No, five times, uh, including Libertadores, and no, okay, f- fewer than that. But he's been, he's been sent off a couple of times. Um, so, moving on, Craig Clark also asks: Skoko to Europe is odds on after the Libertadores. This feeds very nicely from what I've just said, doesn't it? Uh, what's his most likely destination? Any other Newell's players likely to move continents, and if so, who are they, and which are worth looking out for? Skoko's been linked with everybody: Sunderland to Inter Milan or whoever. The main know. thing with Skoko is that he um, there's big thing kind of going on that everyone's denying but basically he's asked Sevilla where should I go yeah where would I have a chance of getting into the yeah. the national team it's got to be Spain Italy well, or England right well yeah, yeah. You, would have, you, you, would have thought, you would have thought so yeah. but, this, but this is the thing exactly so maybe France is a better maybe he'll get more first team games if he goes to a side in France and yeah. Lyon or but the point is as Sam rightly said he's been linked with lots of clubs already he's been linked with River Plate as well um and from what I understand, the, the main thing here is that he's really looking for a, a, a place in the in the national team squad for next year, uh, the World Cup, obviously in Brazil. So he's somewhere that's going to be a mix of visibility and playing time. He's not going to move to playing the time, grid, visibility. Gets two minutes. Competition yeah. as well. I mean, because because yeah. if he if he goes back to Greece, say, which obviously won't happen, but you know, it doesn't matter if he scores seventy goals. No. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's in Greece, so it's not. Yeah, he's got to do it in Italy, Spain, or in yeah, absolutely for a club. Doesn't uh, matter if they're a mid-level team or a lower team. He's just got to do it. Craig's second question: Then any other Newell's players likely to move, and if so, who? It's Argentina. Anyone is on sale. Everyone's on sale. One, thing, one thing I said last week is that one of the things that shows you how good Scott like is Ruti is the fact that Ruti has been on the bench for most of the season, yeah. um, and he's fantastic. I think Newell's are going to keep hold of him. The next season. Yeah. I think they're going to let both Skoko and Rudy go. If they do, I think it would be a mistake. Because if there's one player who I think, if they let Skoko go, 
or Ruti can step up and, and replace him. I really like him. Quite the same very good player. But he, he almost went, but because of his injury last year, he didn't, mm. and that's why he ended up staying on um, for this season. Because otherwise, he, he was—I think the deal was done. Um, no, he's he's a good player, and he's very similar actually to Scott. I think yeah. in terms of the sort of physique and all rounds, you know, his mobility and everything. Uh, there you go, Craig. We've not really answered that one for you, but we hope that that's no. The answer is that it's all right. Anyway. Apart from Raquel, me, everyone is on set. Is everyone for sale? Sure. Uh, Mark Moorhead says, "Will it take Independiente more than a year to get out of the B?" It's a no good, very good question. I saw a graph today that I says over the year they're going to have to travel more than 22,000 kilometres going to all their away games. The same how, how, does that, how does that affect going up or I mean, River. Uh, it's just uh, a uh, river. Really, really. Well, it's just a massive. Well, yeah, exactly. River yeah. did exactly the same, right? Yeah, but in the Benyindian River, they're coming in in a much more weakened state. This is this is one thing I think it's, it's going to be harder for Independiente yeah. to come up the river at the same time. The season that River were in the B turned out to be a very competitive promotion race generally, mm. which nobody could have really predicted the season before. Yeah. Um, uh, so it, it's kind of interesting on the face of it. We were, Dan and I was, were, because obviously we had a bit of time to chat before um, we did the podcast today, yeah. and we were discussing the fact that um, there will not be the same media circus no. um, with Independiente in the second division as happened with River Plate in the second there division. There will still be more so, of a focus on it, but there's not going to be anywhere at the same level. It just won't be anywhere near it. But at the same time, Independiente aren't going to attract back the names, the likes of Kavinagi, Chori, no. uh, Trezeguet. And they're not going to hold on to the youngsters that's, even, that's even now a lot of them have, have said they're going to go uh, we have a couple more questions uh, Joel's lovely wife has, has walked in and, and says hello to you all um, as well uh, apart from that Mark Moorhead also asks again about Skoko um, when does he move to Europe and if he moves to Europe and keeps his form we'll see him at the World Cup it's going to be, kind of be tough we've we previewed yeah. that one already we, he, he cares about getting in but you'd have to say it's going to be really de- especially with Higuain having moved to well close to completing this move to Arsenal um, and if Higuain hit, hits form in, in the Premier League well he's, he's, he's not going to replace Higuain Skoko's position is Higuain's replacement sure yeah. and that, that is the gig that is, that is there for, for the taking basically the size competing are uh, Skoko's competing with Elan Barcos for a place pretty much yeah and I don't I mean yeah. Yeah, I think we'd all agree that, that he's way ahead of, yeah exactly it's like there's like a rizzler between them, possibly, if, if, if uh, I'm being sarcastic, obviously. Um, I'd say he's got a chance, particularly if Sabella's even answered his question about where should I play, that suggests that Sabella is going to consider him, he's, he's prepared to. Basically, well, he's going to need a brilliant question. 2013. It's, quite, it's, it's basically, am I in contention? Hmm. And I'll do something that you tell me to do that's important in my career, um, on the understanding that you know, you'll pick me sure. then if I do what you say and do, do all right. So it, it's it's a tricky one for Sabella to to answer. I don't know if he has given him a sort of a definitive answer yeah. for exactly this reason. Absolutely. Mark also is kind enough to say keep the good work going next season. The podcast is vital for those who can't be night owls. Uh, thank you very much, Mark. We hope to keep it going next season. We've got a, well, as we mentioned a couple of interesting uh, scheduling issues coming up, especially once Dan starts his new job. But we're gonna I'm, I'm gonna keep battling to try and get something recorded more weeks than not at least. To which end, if any of our followers on Twitter or if any of our listeners, by the way, know English speakers who live in Buenos Aires and who you think would do a good job of contributing, please get in touch because the more people we've got to sort of pick from each week, the easier it'll be. Um, I'm already trying to find my replacement. I'm sitting right there. Yeah, it's, it's, Sorry, it's, no, but I just can't hang around. We've only got a month. Never really had people skills, did he? No, no, no. <laughs> Didn't master that side. You know, the personal <laughs> side. <laughs> Complaints about my management. Who, who are you? 
I can't see anybody there. Spendable. Three years just down the toilet, like, you know, free transfer out, always already looking for the. Anyway, uh, Philip, <laughs> Philip Briggs asks Newell's Old Boys win the title of 38 points, which is the lowest total since Newell's Old Boys won 2004 uh, 2005 on 36 points. Does this make them the weak season champions? I, I wouldn't say so, no, because. As we kind of hinted at earlier, I think that the majority of the matches that Newells have lost have been because they've been concentrating on the Libertadores. Yeah. And they built up such a head of steam that they were able to, I won't say throw, but they were able to sort of very much put the odd game to one side and just concentrate on the Libertadores and then get straight back to winning the next so weekend. It would have been really interesting if either Lanús or River, who were pretty much the two teams who look like challenging, if they'd actually found a consistent winning pattern... Well, I don't know if they would have surpassed Newell's or if Newell's would have risen to the challenge and gone for it. Looking looking at the table here, we've got basically Newell's on 38, River on 35, Lanús 33. So Newell's finished five clear of Lanús, but only three clear of River. And I think pretty much everybody before the game, certainly when when I predicted a River win against Argentinos in the 17th round, I think it was, Mm -hmm. um, nobody really went, what, you're being ridiculous. Argentinos pulled off a shock win. If River had won that game... We could have had a, a playoff for the title. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, Newell, as yeah. we say, undeniably, we spent most of the yeah. podcast saying it, undeniably deserved to win the championship, uh, but it could nonetheless have, have finished level on points. Yeah. Um, I think it's better because, as Joel said, you know, he'd rather see River play good football and, and lose, you know. This River, if they won the title, it, it would have been completely unfair, right? Uh, no, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I'm surprised that. I, I'm, I'm interested to know, Sam, if, if your River supporting <laughs> uh, friends. Think that River, what their opinion of this season is? I'm trying to think. Well, I've not got that many who actually talk to talk about football to interest. Because the ones that I have are, um, I'm basically just repeating what they said. <laughs> no, that's no, not quite that. But it's um, a similar thing but, I found in Racing. Actually, you've got like the case where Racing have finished four or five row over the two seasons, but people are just they're just not happy because yeah. the team like it plays very patient. They wait for. The opponents have come on, come on to them. They give the ball away a lot. You know, it's not a team that wants to keep keep in possession. And yeah, there's just this feeling like, yeah, all right, we're picking up points. We've had the best season since 2001 <clears> when we won the league, and the second best afterwards. But it's just, it's just not how it should be played. Yeah. I think it's a similar thing in River. Right? Yeah, I think so. And I mean, just very, just to finish off on on this. Um, let's not forget though that River Plate supporters turned on Matias Almeida. Ooh. As soon as as they were up, um, even before be- before they were up, um, when yeah. you know this guy um, took over the club in the the, the most difficult uh, season of it in its history and, and and whatever. I mean, sure they weren't playing good football, but that was the excuse because the results weren't that bad. Under no, sure. they just were they were playing very poorly. But um, you know, so so Rufflet supporters. In our uh, species onto their own. Uh, Mike O'Neill, for the last question of, of the season, really, for Handapod, wow. says, now that Barcelona have packed Araujo back off to Buenos Aires, what will happen with him at Boca? Will he be sold? Will he be given a chance? Will well, he go to Godoy Cruz and be Martin Palermo's main assistant coach for attacking and finishing? Assistant coach? Because of the fact that he gave Palermo advice on finishing uh, during his first, first uh, season training drunk. session. It's a joke, don't worry. Keep up. It's, it's, yeah, you it's, haven't uh, got your joke sign up, Sam. Like, we don't know you're telling jokes until what happens you, you hold the sign up. It's still at home somewhere, I'm sure. Yeah. You mustn't forget it. Yeah. Um, Actually, I'm looking forward to seeing Araujo have a season of, of solid football in Primera. I still look forward to it. Given that, they're getting rid of Acosta and Silva. 
Yeah, why not? Apparently. It was in that. Him as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, uh, yeah, maybe he'll, he'll, well, maybe they'll need him for numbers. Yeah. He's, a, he's a good player, I mean, you know, he's a... Yeah. He just always seems to be a little bit mental. Twat, but yeah. he, he's a, no, just a mental player. I wouldn't go that far, yeah. but... Um, no, that's a bit harsh. He, uh, <laughs> he uh, no, he's, he's, he's clearly a guy who, who uh, had, you know, has a high opinion of himself. Clearly a very talented player. Again, another Argentine, Argentina under-20 um, international. There's all, you always have to ask why he didn't stay on. Why? But what Barcelona saw him in? Because I think technical, in terms of technical ability, I don't think there's there's an issue there really. No. So obviously there's other stuff going on. But at Boca, um, yeah. But then what? You also have to wonder whether uh, for a player like him, what it means, basically not making it at Barcelona, how that then affects him. You know, so there's, there's lots in the equation. But um, but I mean, if they hold on to him, then I think I'm sure he'd have a, a prominent role in the first eleven. Absolutely. Um, Here's Mystic Sam's theme music, and we're going to just compare Mystic Sam's predictions to what actually happened this season. Okay, I've, I've got the league table up. I, that's, the reason I turned up late for this podcast uh, was that I was preparing this for our listeners. Um, Did you cook the books? I didn't. No. Very honest. Neither of us are going to check it. So this is yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Done now, although the points totals in almost every case are slightly inflated, which is going to happen <laughs> when you've got to predict based on form, and of course you're not going to predict that whatever that River are going to lose to Argentina, you or you're you going to lose. Well, to River, according to you, didn't lose a single if, game all season. If no. you had the inside track. But, but, but this is based on what's most likely to happen. It's not based on, you know, time. And what I haven't done, lost what I haven't done, as I pointed out to these two during one of the breaks, I've not predicted the Estudiantes to finish unbeaten when they ended up only winning two games, which is what Australian Dan did on the one occasion that we did this. He's first. already on the defensive. Yeah. Um, he's, already, he's already having... <laughs> he came in really happy with his <laughs> predictions. On the, positive, really on the positive, I'm very happy with the top seven. I've not quite got them in the right order, but I have got Newell's River Lanus in the top three, which is exactly how they finish. Uh, I've got Racing, Godoy Cruz, San Lorenzo and Quilmes just behind them. And the actual top seven, going from first to seventh, were Newell's River Lanus, San Lorenzo, Quilmes, Racing, Godoy Cruz. There you go. I wish Racing did finish on Bay Be- Below seventh, admittedly, I've got it slightly off. So I'm going to show you the table, both of you, and just allow you to point out any major deficiencies, such as Boca, perhaps that I've been far too generous to Boca Juniors. Yeah, Boca's ridiculous because yeah. you're, you're ten places out. Mad. Yes, that's Vélez as well, massively inflated. Yeah, yeah. Arsenal, they deserve to have more. Both, both Boca and Vélez's predictions were um, basically because <coughs> I took a long time to pick up on the fact that they were not going to be doing very well. <laughs> Poor Sam Adin, they went on like a... Most of the wins that I predicted for both of those sides were uh, quite early in the season before it became apparent that they actually were shit. And Sam Adin went on like a six or seven whip match winning run, you didn't... I did, I've, got them, I've got them drawing nine games. But you yeah. only had them winning two. Yeah. Still. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Let's compare this with the actual bottom of the table. Argentinos, I thought, was uh, not bad. Argentinos' actual record was four wins, six draws, nine defeats, and I got them uh, with two wins, seven draws, and ten defeats. <coughs> so it was only one or two results out on that one. Anything else have we learned from this, really, that it's a bit ridiculous to do up these fake league tables? Uh, I'm, I'm not sure whether I've got any... I don't think I've got any records absolutely dead. When we were discussing the merits of, of fantasy football, though, we, we were suggesting, though, a uh, hop... 
team for next year. We were. Yeah. Which I, I think that would... Um, More as a way of keeping track of, of certain players through the season and just seeing how they go and how well yeah. our predictions for what this player might do during the season goes well. So we might well do that. If listeners think that it's, it's worthwhile, please tweet us or, or email us in. What have we got? Right, this weekend, we've mentioned it in passing a couple of times, the Super Final between Newells and Belles, which is, according to the AFA, is going to be another national championship for whichever team manages to win this one game, which is ridiculous. Saying that it's going to affect continental qualification and whatnot, fine, do that if you have to. It's going to affect who gets to play in the very prestigious Supercopa Argentina. Okay. But given yeah, for Vélez, it's going to get replaced in there. Either Newells or Vélez mm. are going to have a tenth or an eighth uh, sorry, a tenth or a seventh national championship as a result of winning one match. Oh. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's wrong. It's it's, it's stupid. And um, so next week, ne- next week there probably will not be a hand of pod, ladies and gentlemen. We apologise now, um, but it seems a bit stupid to us to review one domestic match and then the first leg of Newell's Copa Libertadores semi-final. So the most likely is that hand of pod 111 will be recorded in a couple of weeks' time after Newell's have either won or lost the Libertadores semi-final. Um, we'll catch you up with all of that stuff and we'll catch you up with the main sort of transfer issues going on if we can thank you very much for listening to Hand of Pod throughout the season um, and if you're going to be watching any of the matches I've just mentioned on streams we hope you enjoy them for now uh, goodbye from Joel Richards goodbye an honour to be involved it's been a pleasure Joel this has been your first season as a regular Hand of Pod that's, no, that's why I said it joined that's why I said it sort of, it's quarter of the way through the I've enjoyed it very much Excellent. Thank you. Uh, goodbye from English Dan. Goodbye and thank you for listening. Goodbye from the lovely uh, Senora Richards. <laughs> Bye. She, she doesn't use the surname. <laughs> I'm eating them. Senora Mary. What is your surname? Galli. Galli, of course. Sorry, I knew that. Galli Richards. Ah, see. <laughs> well, First Galli. A break, breakthrough. Yeah. We, we haven't decided on if, if any regular listeners heard that sudden <laughs> something, it was Joel's heart rate rising. <laughs> and, uh, and goodbye from me for another season. Goodbye. Goodbye.